That's a big game tonight. Big game tonight, yeah. What's the scores? 2 0 against the Inbrights. 2 0. Richie's trying to break his legs. Bing bong. Pat Hoban has been hit by a reoccurrence of the injury he sustained last season that saw him miss a large part of the season. Stephen O'Donnell says he'll be missing for the next two weeks. Martin Finnerty has asked me to say that he's lost his key. No, he's lost his cow. He's misplaced the cow. He has the keys. He can't find the cow. It's an black opal record. So if anybody sees it, let us know. We'll pass it on to Mary Burke also misplaced her purse. And episode 236 and it's me Gary P and of course it's the prof it's Carl Riley our season has started tongue 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 <laughs> yes and of course sponsored by Ocean Electrical and Lesser Credit of course fantastic sponsors looking after us for life uh, Ocean Electrical they delve into kitchen renovations and everything prof you might see a collaboration soon with one of our pals and our other sponsors you could say but yeah Lesser Credit and Ocean Electrical with us from you could say day one so, um, yeah, with this week we finally have a Rovers win to talk about in Ordeal Park and the quiz is back with Lee Grace and Dylan Watts and Darren Nugent in a three-way and there's a new edition of the Tifties Hotline with a club supporters team and a little bit of Daily Mount Park to throw in the mix, prof. It's the big derby coming up, it's Friday. Dublin derby on Friday. Can you feel the buzz? No, because I hate derbies. Oh. <laughs> I hate the week before derbies. I hate the derbies during the derbies. I only enjoy them the full time whistle if we haven't lost. I like I like the anticipation, I like the build up. It started on Saturday for me. Waking up, reading Twitter, reading the papers, having the crack four 0 What is wrong with you? Four 0 then listening to the Dundalk podcast, which is great. Apparently Looking forward to playing balls. Apparently Dundalk only lost because Hoop wasn't playing. Yeah, I listened to the first 20, 25 minutes mm. and jeez, they went on a bit hoping a lot. Kinda sounds like us in their first Steady, unsteady years under Brad's are making excuses for fucking everything. Do you know what I also kind of picked up on them? They're kind of in their, they're similar to our phase post O'Neill. Kind of, you know, like you had Kenny, Crotty, Fenden. Yes. They're, they're at around 2014, 15 now where they think they should be winning the league. Little did they realise that other clubs have totally overtaken them and they have a squad befitting club to finish fourth I absolutely yeah. I think that at the moment as well they think they have their Bradzer 
Mm. Not obviously they don't think like, oh yeah, this is our Stephen Bradley. But from our perspective, mm. they're taking a chance with him to work from the ground up. That's why I think they'd get relegated and they're still gonna keep skip as they mm. as they affectionately call him. So uh, to be fair to them, there is a lot of realism in them. Yeah. Like it's a decent podcast. Yeah, no, but it is. Uh, I enjoyed it, but they're, it, it, they're it, putting too much emphasis on like, oh, we took Cleary, Hoare, Tell, Gannon. And that was the power shift. I mean, Rovers were on the rise anyway. Such is life, properly. And we goes, just isn't took it? some of their players along the way yeah. because they were a shit show with peak six. That's a this. That's how literally. That's how football goes. It happens. There's a swings and roundabouts. But um, Chris Shields online as well saying it wasn't uh, a red card. He threw a spoke in. So Dunster sent me a video of a Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> Just yeah, just going virtuality, fucking leg coming in like fucking Chun Li and Street Fighter <laughs> spinning around, and um, it's a red all day. But we move on quickly. We're uh, we're starting to we're starting to go left here. But yeah, so the reaction to the last episodes, first in memoriam, my dad. So a very very good one, Prof. A lot of uh, onions being cut, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Someone actually used those words, yeah, funny enough. Uh, Peter Murphy, loved the last episode, especially the In Memoriam piece. Like listening to stories my dad would have told me growing up in Kimmage and s- supported Rovers from the 40s. Prof, Kimmage. Pe- Peter's from Kimmage, yeah, you go. Yeah. Uh, Eamon Mack, newly added to the B team WhatsApp group. He just texted me earlier and he goes, I woke up to 79 messages. Is this what it's like every day? It's a slow day. Actually, a quiet day. That's yeah. a slow in, day. In the reserve group. If you take Jay Mangan over, then you're probably going to have about four messages. And Mark Keaton. And Mark Keaton as well. Eamon Mack, I wasn't sure this would be a great listen. Not because I didn't think the content would be good, because I thought it might be a bit too heavy. I was right in a sense. It was an emotional listen, but the best possible way, fair play to all the contributors. So, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think what, what Prof mentioned to me before as well is that like we'd have these kind of in-depth conversations about content and probably like are we ever gonna is it gonna knock it on the head or what are we gonna do are we ever gonna have enough content stuff like this is just brilliant and prop pulled, pulled it out of the bag again it was absolutely fantastic but the thing is for the next one it might not be a person prof that's all we'll say is it yeah yeah Gary has a good idea for the next one we won't reveal what it is but uh, it is a good idea um, but there are some more dads uh, we could feature so maybe if not the next time then the time after that Yeah. but uh, we might go in a different direction um, there's also Colm Nolan he says the section in memoriam was class very emotional lovely touch onions cut everywhere Yep. Uh, Mick Fallon from Canada replied to that he uh, remember we had him on the overseas hotline before Yeah. he says believe it or not my dad was and still is a Bowes fan and also used to go to Milltown to see the hoops <laughs> Imagine we did an immemorium for someone whose dad supported Bose. Oh, it'd be a weird one. That would be a strange one. It'd be a weird one. And how, they, how he ended up following Rovers. That's, that's a mad dynamic. Yeah. Um, so, as for the 70s show, Robert Spain, love the podcast today. You could listen to the two lads talking all day long. And yeah, two lads were brilliant. John Connolly, loved the show. And when I heard the name of the BBB Bridge Boot Boys, it brought back a few memories as Vino and myself were a big part of them. We used to spray paint the name all over Dublin for a few away trips. And I got a, a picture message off of Tommy Fields. Yeah. Flock of boards, Tommy. 
and he sent me this logo. I was looking at it. I was like, this, this means nothing to me, Tommy. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I was is. like, is this Dortmund or what? Yeah, I thought Dortmund <laughs> immediately. And he said, no, send that on to the two yeah. lads and any of the lads of his vintage. And they all knew it was what it was straight away. So they'd go around yeah. spraying the BBB and the, the V all over Dublin, running amok. The lads did bring it up on the show, but obviously it went all over our heads at the time. Uh, we didn't know what it meant. Uh, Failing world up. Lads, brilliant reminiscing on East End Pod with Cicero and Telly John. So the two lads, Twitter handles. My late brother was a skinhead, if maybe a less aggressive one than those mentioned. I'll never forget the ructions at home when Milo waltzed in with the number one and the tennis ball bars in it. So the new <laughs> haircut didn't go down a treat in the Warren household. Yeah. Uh, Rob Lavelle, amazing, absolutely amazing episode. One of the best podcasts I've listened to. My dad loved it as well. He started following Robbers in the 70s. And Rob would be one of our good pals, part of the bogey crew. And he... He said that um, his dad's only listened to him recently. So he's, he's loving oh, the cool, show. Yeah. yeah, so that's a new, another new follower as well. So um, show for the dad to get into so in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, uh, yeah, Rob had a hectic week that week. So he said he might have to listen to it again mm. because he might have missed a few things. Uh, oh, we got a congratulations from him as well. I think it's further down the line, possibly. Yep. Laura and Rob Lavelle, congrats on their little bundle of joy that was born. Um, what is going on at Rovers, Prof? There is at least six newborns. This actually... Um, Hef, Pat Tutty, um, Rob, there's a couple more, I'm not, t- I'm not, I'm not naming, there's loads. Gideon, on the Gid- way. G- on the way, yeah, there's loads. Um, yeah, this was an idea from <laughs> Rebecca so Dunn. So I think officially... Rebecca Rovers. Dunn wants a baby special, how that would work, I don't know. <laughs> no idea, you can come up with the concept if you want Rebecca. But uh, yeah, so I think overall, Rovers makes you horny. Especially around September time I noticed because... Every goddamn year, one of the lads can't go with us on Europe because the baby's in the way. And <laughs> yeah, we're like, yeah, yeah. keep in your pants in September. I think this is possibly a bit of a trap for the lads as well. I reckon the lady looks at the calendar. Oh. And there's a couple of bottles of wine involved. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Uh, James Cook, brilliant listen. Some great stories from the two lads. Con, any chance you could pop around and read me a bedside story? Yeah, he's champagne, isn't he, old Con? Uh, Con replied and said he had to check with his agent. I was listening um, to him doing a football, women's football weekly, and he had the Dutch league. I tell you what, he earned his few quid that week. He has the 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 roll of the tongue. He gets the pronunciation of the Dutch language right. He does his homework. The man's a professional. Like yeah. I've seen his colour coded notes, and they're a thing of beauty. Yeah. And I say he puts a lot of time into it. Um, we mentioned, could that have been George Best's last goal for Man United? Um, in that game I was talking about in October 1973, the one where the ref blew up 10 minutes early, and then George made a beeline for the tunnel because the fans were chasing after him. Um, I googled George Best's last goal for Man United, and a defeat to Coventry came up in December 1973. Therefore... Robbers was not his last goal. Um, a couple of things from Jim Conroy. He loved my uh, 1973 FEI Cup article, the one that then became the, the well, audio book. The one that was turned into DJ <laughs> Prof's mix. He said it really captured the most bizarre week in our history. Nicely balanced between humour, disbelief, with a bit of anger mixed in. And in terms of the 70s show himself, he was delighted that we mentioned the, the Mighty Who. And Keith Moon, so they're obviously a favourite of Jim. Yeah. And he felt that John and Martin really captured the decade well. The 70s were bonkers. And uh, he pointed out a mistake we made. 
We actually met balls in two FBI Cup finals, not one. Oh. 1929 and 1945. Mm-hmm. So two Cup finals. And um, um, one more here. Props coming um, at me again. Green Blood. He had a listen. He was born in 1976, so he thought it was brilliant to hear these stories. He says, My dad was, let's say, politically active at the time and was partly tasked with recruiting from various boot boy crews. Billy Lord on Billy Lord and Martin booming out the good speakers deadly. What he means by that is John Byrne on the Ulgers Farm was always known as Billy Lord. So Billy Lord speaking no. about Billy Lord. Although he, towards the end I remember he was called Frank O'Neill so he must have changed it. I used to love Billy um, Lord's posts. I didn't know yeah. that was John. Um, it was actually Brian's idea for this hotline uh, to, to feature the club's supporters teams. But credit to Noni O'Brien as well, because ages ago he suggested we do some for the old Glenmalore side. Yeah. Um, so just some just some memories, I suppose, of recording the seventies show. Uh, we both enjoyed this. And like John Byrne, every th- you'd be reading something that happened at a match or something, and John Byrne would just have the head in the hands. So then I knew right. This is when you veer. <laughs> this is when you veer off topic and you start delving yeah. into judging their. Their uh, physical expressions and whatever he's doing, but he he's he's so animated, so it's brilliant. It makes for easy podcasting. Like. Yeah, um, I had a feeling going in when I saw the size of the script. I thought this could be a two-parter. Yeah, because sometimes you have to be able to navigate the script. So you're looking at it, you have a little look, you scroll down, you see how long, you have a little estimate of how long it's going to be. You don't want to oh you want to flood the the listeners, but then when I saw this, I just said, "I'm taking my time with this. I'm going to delve in. I'm <laughs> going to explore and expand because I knew it was going to be a two parter, but we wanted to make sure that we yeah. delved in and and made the listener list, transport themselves into the seventies and really be there. So it was, it was, I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Some of the best reaction to a show we've had in a long time. Not, not really just was. the stuff we read out there, but in person. Loads of people were yeah, coming up to us. It saying really, really was. They and loved it. People of all ilks and vintage. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little live one. And to be honest, we said we'd have six, ten people. If we put it out there, this is just going to end up as the chat with the two lads and loads of people just listening in, which is brilliant. It's just mm-hmm. like an old storytelling session, which we're totally for. And it'll be our own guys. We'll have our own room and we won't have any issue. It won't be another Penny Black massacre. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll put it out there, so it'll be invite only. So once you get the invite, it disappears after six hours. So you have to make sure you know. Preferably, your birth cert will be, we'll yeah. say, prior to nineteen seventy. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll set about the rules. Um, yeah, like you say, people of all ages love this, and uh, the format was similar to the the Tala saga we did years ago, that documentary style, but. It was it was an era we never did before. It was the perfect guest to talk about it. I knew five minutes in, I was like, "Yes, we've struck gold here." Yeah. Um, who was Martin's two favorite bands? I think he said T Rex. Uh, T Rex and Slade was. I actually ended up listening to both afterwards because <laughs> some. I think it came up on me Spotify, whatever it was. So I started listening to T Rex and Slade, which I haven't decided yet, lads. So. I'm gonna keep stone for the time being, but both very good. Do you know what I thought when he said that? That was though that was the who the battle was. I think John was T Rex, maybe Martin was Slade, and that's who they okay. argued over, but that was the that But was I, the I actually spent quite you know that those little uh, music notes for each year where it's like here's some music highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bands formed, disbanded performance, uh concerts and stuff. I actually spent a bit of time doing that. And I was trying to I'm not a music expert by any means, so sometimes I was like, hmm, is this important? Is it not important? 
Are these a big band that people know? So I did my best anyway. I picked highlights. And I think I only had one mention of Slade. And I'd now mention the T-Rex. Yeah. So I, when he said that, I was like, oh, of all two. But um, yeah, we were there. We were sitting there three and a half hours, nearly four total, like with, with the edits. John said he had a full head of hair when he came in. So it was, it was a long <laughs> uh, Um Oh yeah, by the way, me and Prof have been going back and forth and we actually, we were talking about, Mar- we know John works RTE, but we were trying to see what Martin did. We don't know what he did for a living. So I I said some sort of lecturer, history lecturer yeah. or some sort of obscure subject in like a commute and in a university or something. So that's what I did. Now, now if you're out there, don't if you happen to know Martin, don't just reply with the job, right? We want yeah. we want this to linger over us until we get it right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying uh, a history teacher. Yeah. Or some boring job like insurance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people were asking us already when is part two out? Um, maybe the the next break in June. Although it was so good, I I I love it to be now. I love it to be soon. Mm. A couple of people thought we'd actually recorded the whole thing. And then released half of it. But I mean, we would have been there till three in the no, morning. I think John was John was very concerned about his dinner at the time, though. He was. He's like, I'll take it home, get me dinner, fall asleep <laughs> at the fire. Um, I'm starving as well, apparently. And nobody mentioned the mysterious fellow who you barked at to blow his nose. I thought you'd take that out. No, I left it in on purpose because I didn't want people to be thinking that John or Martin were just being really rude and blowing their nose I was like no no I want to establish that this is someone else in the room and then you chased him off but I cut out the part where he came in and we said hello to him so this was Adam Murphy home from Florida no but it was just funny because the effort we went to to make the sound good like we're upstairs in the far provinces first time in years central in the room we know there's carpet everywhere we know how to soak up the sound we're on our own perfectly uh, positioned we're like this is going to be great because the room is yeah. brilliant for sound even the mic like a couple of times I was like I, mo- I moved John over a little bit so he'd be more central yeah uh, what else was there oh yeah the, the putting down of the, the points John's etiquette yes was fantastic I think he noticed us we were being very gentle straight so you're drinking a point straight away he'd, he'd slow down point to go down very very slowly yeah but Mr. Moore unfortunately was was slamming them down <laughs> Uh, so about an hour and a half in I politely said to him Martin just a bit, bit more gentle there so so keep in mind we went to all that effort then Alan Murphy comes back home from Florida we give him an old hug we haven't seen him in years so he said yeah I'll sit here I won't sit I'll be quiet so he's slipping away in a point he's reading yeah. the book and this fucking <laughs> snuffleupagus of, of a thing slurping away and it's not and I'm thinking they're falling out of your nose for a reason. <laughs> they don't want to be there. Blow your fucking nose. And you can see in John's face. John yeah. was looking at the side, giving John the side eye. Yeah. John was like, oh, I'm going to elbow this fella in the fucking head. John's never met this fella in his life. Never. I'd never seen. John John looked like he was going to tear him to shreds. And I, just, I had to say, there was a, get them, blow your nose, please. I was having an internal debate. Because I was like, I haven't seen me mate in years. I don't want to put the first thing I say to him. Live in the podcast. Get the fuck out of here. First thing I said, I said it to him and he jumps up and goes, yeah, okay, do you want a point? 
Uh, yeah, so it was great, uh, great, great crack. Yeah. I will keep you posted on when we will have the next one. Hung, um, hung out with him a bit afterwards, actually. Yeah, but he's working for um, a beer company now, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I showed him the, the John Delaney impersonation because I said, I'll be recording in this room and it was a cracker. Oh, yeah. So we watched it and it was great to watch it again. Really funny. Um, Lister Hatred Prof, we sh- are being asked to bring it back and Sean Cook asked me, do we have an actual list? And God, no, we don't. We'd have to get someone to listen back again and then put everybody a greener. You asked me, is greener still on it? Yeah, no one gets taken off it. No one was removed. No, so, so greener is still yeah. on it. It's harsh, uh, but there there's, I think that there's all sorts of people, places, phrases even. There's everything on it. That was a good crack at the time. Though. Oh, it's as long as your arm, and I wouldn't know where <laughs> to find it. Arm, yeah. The international break, Johnny Kenny scored a great goal for Ireland's 21s versus Iceland. Pico played two games for Cape Verde and two clean sheets against what team, Prof? I don't know. <laughs> Eswatini. I think I read it three times, I don't know what it said. And uh, will that be coming up later in the show? Ireland games versus Lafayette and France, Prof. The Lafayette game, 3-2, Ireland. Uh, Kelleher in goal. And is it, is it harsh to say that that's... Is that a pity? Not a pity cap, but... You know, is that is that giving him a cap for the sake of it? Because it's a friendly. It does seem to be giving him a cap here and there. Let's be honest, Bazuna is going to get over hundred caps, and he's probably never ever going to be displaced unless another freak of nature comes along. I can't see it unless unless Bazuna ends up dropping down to championship, and then Kelleher ends up playing for I'd say a different a Premier cause, League club, getting yeah. getting regular game time. Could swing another way, depending on Bazuna's career tra- trajectory. But it's not looking good at the minute, is it, with Southampton? No, but as someone said, he'll have like 100 league games under his belt between yeah. Southampton, Portsmouth, Rochdale. That's that's invaluable for a goalkeeper at that age. Yeah, I'd imagine um, I'd imagine there's eyes on him as well. You know, I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. being in the championship if they do end up going down with Southampton. Well, as for the games, um, no, I didn't see that for you at all. I, I had half an eye in France because I was actually editing the 70s show at the time. So I wasn't. I only watched properly the last 10 minutes, which we were the best in. Yeah. So I kind of left the game being really impressed, which is maybe a bit biased because I didn't properly watch the other 80 minutes. But... Um, no, actually, I thought it was a decent performance. Uh, the atmosphere looked looked unbelievable. Yeah. It looked like those sort of wins over Holland and Germany, Lansdowne. It seemed like of, a lot of effort went into crowds. Went into it in general with like you boys in green, those lads, fans, the the match day committee. Like it, it seemed like a lot was put into it. Um, the, like France weren't great, but the, like we have to well talk about the save, like superhuman freak in goal. Saving that from Nathan Collins, it was absolutely amazing. The save of the year competitions, it's it's only April and it's over. Like, I just, what's what's gonna be better than yeah. that? But like we said, we're passive enough when it comes to the to the to the Irish national team. But um, where do we stand on clapping opposition goals? No, nah. because Latvia uh, scored a cracker and it was pens. Some applause. Do you remember, pens. remember the uh, Padjo and Brazzer. Uh, when Del Piero scored the free kick, they turned to each other and it goes, "We celebrate with him. <laughs> we celebrate with him." Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't clap it. I'd, I'd, not even public publicly acknowledge it. But if I was standing next to our gang or whatever, I go, "That's a fucking cracker." You know what I mean? But I wouldn't be going every way to fucking applaud it. My you policy I mean? would be maybe a friendly, not a competitive. Yeah, match. call a spade a spade. How about that? Mm. Um, Balls tweeted out in the Lafayette game. Uh, manager, captain, goal scorer with three ticks beside him, all exposed players. Hold on, although. Bro. Just, just trying to 
open up this stuffed cabinet case <laughs> Daily Mail because it's yeah. just jammed full of trophies. Oh, we have a new trophy, yeah. Even though they sacked Kenny and Doherty never played a competitive senior game for them. But when I thought about it, we probably would do the same ourselves, wouldn't we? If it, if it was us, we probably would make the same tweet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know about, I don't know about that. Oh, no, I don't think we're that bad because... Um, like you said, like what it's playing the friendly, they sacked Kenny and Ferguson played for Chelsea, and that was mm. it. And plus, St. Kevin should be putting that tweet out, possibly. The Brian Kerry thing continues to disturb me. It's like it's been going on a long time now. Even when Ireland played well against France, who they've no chance of beating, put in a, a good performance. It was lovely and, to watch Albene actually. And Kerr is just shitting on the performance. Yeah, uh, we, we spoke about it's this. So we, bitter and didn't we? sad to yeah. watch. We, we spoke about this. I think we, have, than, we have before, yeah. It, it's it's absolutely personal. From from what I see, his body language and the way he sits in the studio, he's sneering and he's looking down. It's like Kenny is there and he's sneering and he wants him mm. to see the body language as his real. It, it, was, it's, it has to be personal. Oh, I think someone was mentioned about him not giving him a job or something like that. I mm. doubt it's that petty, but I it's, think it's absolutely personal. From my, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it seems like that, doesn't it? I think Dan McDonald knows the reason. If you heard the last Ooh. LOA Central, he sort of alluded to. Do you remember Kenny was on that live show at LOA Central? They did at Christmas, and they actually asked him about it. And Kenny sounded like he was close to tears. Uh, Talking about like the care criticism, saying like he. Yeah, he's hurt. He's actually hurt by it. Well, probably could have been one of his idols, his first managerial idols, you know. But what annoys me about is, like, Carroll will get a lot of stick from Roberts fans, but I actually like him. This is the this is the only aspect of Brian Kerr that is horrible. I think mm. I but, liked him, and even when he was giving Bork abuse out in yeah. uh, Richmond, that so time, I thought that was good. Crack. I just thought, yeah, yeah, this is <laughs> I like this. You know, I do the same. It was actually quite similar in the stand on, on Friday out in Dundalk. I like Brian Kerr. I like his yeah. point, I like his analysis. I like his research. I like his Dubonese. But that but wasn't great, this, was it? This annoys me, yeah. I must say. Um, other international notes. Justin Ferrazai played... Uh, I think he played three games for the Ireland under-19s. Uh, I don't know if the countries here, but Greece and Estonia were among them anyway. And the, the, twi- the picture of the weekend, as in the weekend before last weekend was Graham Gartland when uh, one of our underage sides probably Gart's team was the very possibly I think Adi Solanke and the rest of the, that little crew that's with, with them yeah, brilliant brilliant squad is that 15s now I think yeah very possibly yeah. And, and just the two the two players putting their arms out showing their skin colour as they're celebrating um, obviously in response to what happened with the the Ireland underage game when there was there was racism posted online. It's absolutely disgusting. It really is. And these guys are the same faceless trolls, Bob forty five sixty seven two, who will mm. take the piss out of immigrants online and be unnecessarily nasty and racist. But they'll still be the ones who'll be getting the treatment they need in a hospital or a GP off of these people that they hate online. Do you know what I mean? It's just. Mm. It it doesn't make it make sense to me and uh, fantastic reaction statements from everybody, really really good positive reaction from everybody online and it's the way it should be. You don't give these people space to create hatred anywhere. So, absolutely. My final note on the international window: some people went looking in Slovenian squads for Marcus Pum, <laughs> even though he's from 
Just telling you. <laughs> he wasn't even in that one. He got he got taken <laughs> over. Yeah, I'd say was, was there probably a brief moment where he looked in the Estonia squad and he's like, I'm right. He's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's been withdrawn, mate. Yeah. He's injured. Um yeah, so we move on before Dundalk. There was the women's game on the Wednesday beating Wexford Utes 2 1 in Tala, thanks to a goal in each house. Half from Jess Gargan. Anya O'Gorman is on fire, prof. It's that little podcast bump, I'm telling you. Little podcast bump. Yeah, headed down this one myself. Uh, very good win against what will be one of the title favourites, Wexford. Uh, Wexford are meant to be a good team. I think they only finished uh, a few points off the top last Rihanna year. Yeah, Jarrett is getting the big the big plot. It's at the minute, supposed to be a yeah, baller. Yeah, she did look very dangerous, actually. Um, yeah, like, our goal probably, you would say, came against the run of play because I thought Wexford were looking good. I thought, mm, could this be, this team has been together a long time. Um, whereas our team will need time to jail. I thought, hmm, I could see Wexford maybe coming away with a win here. But then we score an uh, inch-perfect cross from McAvoy, headed in by Garrigan. Um, they equalised the start of the second half with Russell. Um, described by the RT match report as a stunning long-range effort. Not how I saw it, Gar. Uh <laughs> This was a glorified cross. That, Keeper jump. That went in. Uh so Budden won't be happy with that but she did make some good saves in the game so uh, yeah she made a couple of good saves uh, at other times uh, as for the winner uh, really good move did you see this on Twitter F- uh, free flowing move that uh, eventually saw Larkin put the ball across the face of goal and O'Gorman tapped it in but it was like four, four girls involved there was a nice flick from Jamie Thompson uh, the assist before the assist, so actually a very good goal. Um, we had three players unavailable, Keddie, Fleming, Gallagher, because they were playing in France that same day for the women's, Ireland women's 17s. Uh, they'd beaten Kosovo and Italy in their group, but they suffered a heavy defeat that night. So no European qualification, but that meant opportunities for others. So you had first senior stars for Lana Preisman, in midfield, defender Abby Tuttle played. They both been with the club from the beginning, 2020. And then you had Shannon Cody coming off the bench late on to make her debut. And then a few days later, she scores the winner for the women's 19s in the derby, and the derby. against Bowes. So I was in good company again. Garrett, Joe's, Dunster, Con Murphy. I was was signing him for that one. So he can can uh, enjoy the game. Uh, very good game again. I would, would recommend it. Um, don't sit down with something hilarious. Not to do with this match, but... Did you see... It went in the group that week. An interview with Ronan Finn by Irish Fan TV. And they used the word exclusive, right? Okay. And I don't know how long it was. Maybe 20 minutes or something. So, exclusive interview with Ronan Finn. And Dunster was like was giving out about it. He was like, "What the fuck is this?" He's talking about pre-season twenty twenty-two. It's a year old. <laughs> a, a year old. And they only released it now. Over a year old. Ugh, prof. It's bizarre, isn't it? You just can't get staff anymore, prof. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, Jared was a threat for them, but I got the impression we were. Uh, Limiting her space, that was part of the tactics. And, and likewise, they were kind of uh, marking Jamie Thompson very tightly because she's the star of the league at the moment, isn't he? Her, her and, Dying uh, to see this girl play. Her and Jesse Stableton are kind of the standout stars action, yeah. at the moment. Uh, tennis figure, 
568 it was a Wednesday evening um, I think it's only a matter of time Gary because this is going to catch on I think we'll be seeing regular 1000 crowds for the Absolutely. women eventually when we go back to our Saturday nights that's it yeah Abby Larkin prof uh, she's still without a goal good rings then girl and she was interviewed an extra time she said I don't pay attention to what was said when I joined Rovers a lot of people have opinions you'd walk into the Rollstone and you wouldn't know who people are or they give you a high five and start conversations with you teenager explains it is really a homely club and I know I've only been here a few months but it just feels like it is right the training is unbelievable the quality of football is class and it makes you want to be a better footballer gives you confidence so yeah. um, the Rollstone project is just rubbing off on everybody prof Said she's not bothered by the noise surrounding her move from Shelburne, nor the frosty reception she received. Uh, she also added that <coughs> Collie has been deadly. Deadly. She used the <laughs> word deadly. Um, so yeah, the women are motoring gear. 10 points out, 12, great start. Uh, all the games, have, I don't know if the first game was that good a game to be honest, but the the next three were all really good games to watch. Mm-hmm. Um you're going to have to come along with some stage, Gar. Uh Three of our players have travelled to the US with the Ireland women's senior side. So mm, on your Garmin, Abby Larkin, they have been regularly be- been getting called up. But there's a new one. Uh, one of our forwards, Alana McAvoy. She got her first call up. Excellent. So she's held an L to Texas and Missouri. That's where the two games are being played. It'd be buzzing, wouldn't it? It'd be mm-hmm. so crack. Um, yeah, so that is the women's section, Prof. Belated big happy 50th birthday to one of the founders of the Pride of Rings and Supporters Club, Jason Walsh McLean, and still the only person to arrive half cut <coughs> at a live show, get absolutely banjoed on Pogs Whiskey, on Pogs Whiskey, sleep it off, and then come back again while the show's still going. <laughs> I can't imagine that's a record that will ever be equaled. So, so well done again to yeah. one of our favourite listeners, Jason. He was having on the same night as Oriel Park. And I remember looking at the weather and seeing his post and I was like, geez, I'm tempted. Because it was on the big screen. Do you want to get soaked by Oriel Park? <laughs> but uh, we were in the stands. We were sheltered. Yeah. So that's it. And congrats to Dave Webster as well. Webby, f- fan of our a friend of the show got engaged in Italy this past week so um, and of course young Sophie Carmel Lavelle was born last Wednesday morning congrats to Rob and Laura so um, <laughs> rest congrats. in peace to Rob's Robbers uh, social life a social life in general yeah in general <laughs> uh, for six or seven years anyway now congrats to the, to the happy couple and uh, that was the wedding we spoke about not too long ago as well the, the Rovers mm. wedding that we were at so the baby has followed suit, so healthy, mummy and all are good, so congrats again. Yeah, congrats Rob and Laura. Uh, quite fitting for Rob, Gar, I felt, who is, at the best of times, a grammar disaster yeah. <laughs> in the WhatsApp group. The first time he ever wrote his own daughter's name, maybe anywhere, was in our group. And he misspelled it. He, he sent, wrote Sophia. Sent me a voice and he goes, what the fuck am I misspelling her name? <laughs> what to send it to about 40 people? <laughs> to send the messages all over again. The first hours of his daughter's existence, he's already misspelling her name. Only Rob Lavelle. <laughs> and on a sadder note, uh, reminder again about Jack and McDonough and that GoFundMe uh, the night if you can. 
and another ex-hoop sadly is unwell Mick Heron do you remember I had him on the show um, I don't remember if it was last year I think it was two years ago uh, he was talking about the Bayern Munich 1966 game and playing in Luxembourg in the Cup Winners Cup Uh Good player for us. Jim Conroy is one of his favourite ever players. Yeah. Um, uh, funnily enough, we so actually best had... Wishes, best wishes to me. Yeah, we actually had a Kieran follow us recently on Instagram as well. I was wondering what it was about. And then it kind of twigged with me. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, and we have we have something got to do with that. But, um, Prof, so up next, Prof, we have the quiz. It's Lee Grace versus Dylan Watts versus Dara Nugent. Right, so we're back at the Roadstone for day four of questions from the East End and the defending champion Pico, he leads the way so far, 7 out of 10, and we have two of our longest saver players here, along with relative newcomer Nudger, and um, he's been around a while as well, so uh, it's Lee Grace, fresh off his goal at Oriel Park, Dylan Watts, and we have Darren Nugent, who's making his debut, so you'll all receive the same 10 questions, 20 second time limit. Write down your answers, then the time is up. Turn your sheet of paper around and tell me what you've written one by one. So when I when I ask the question, I'll go left to right. I'll go Lee, Dara, and then Watsy. And five football questions, five general knowledge, and you're not in direct competition just yet. So no copying either way. And only need to get enough points to finish out of the top 16 and the 24 members to qualify for the next round. Right, so he's ready to play, lads. Let's go. You have your quiz, you have your tiebreaker, so keep that covered, right? So, number one, Dylan Watts has scored more goals for Rovers than Pico Lopez. True or false? So, you have 20 seconds to write down your answer, and then I'll go left to right, and I'll get your individual answers off you. Tell if you don't know this one. I don't know. Right, Lee, who have you got? I went... True or false? False. What do you got? I went true. I'm false. It is false. Pico has 18 and Dylan has 17. Oh, close. Don't leave that. <laughs> okay, number two. Rovers beat Dundalk 4-0 in 2020 in Oriel Park. Who was the manager of the loud outfit then? In what year? 2020. No fans. Jack from an acute angle. Oh my god, what can big that? I don't think it's in that. I know who it is, I just can't. Yeah. I know it is, uh, but it's not, like, I'm putting down the wrong answer. I'll give you a clue, he probably coaches Mini League Baseball in New York. I know it is, I just think it was I know it is, but I can't get it, man. Time's ticking, Lee. Right, Lee, give us your answer. Giovanni something no no, no. I said the same Giovanni Giovanni <laughs> Vinnie Perth Vinnie Perth no it's Filippo no. Giovanoli <laughs> Giovanoli Giovanni doesn't count fuck it anyway uh, I knew it was the wrong answer but I just that right man. next one is multiple choice okay which of these players have accumulated the most red cards in their League of Ireland career Gavin Pearce Gary McCabe Greg Bulger, Gary Deegan. Which of these players have accumulated the most red cards in their LOI career? Gavin Pearce, Gary McCabe, Greg Bulger, Gary Deegan. Bit of a guess, but might be an educated guess. <laughs> it's an educated guess. You're going to know what you're going to say. 
Right, finish scribbling, go ahead, Lee. I didn't go with Craig, it's probably too obvious. I think Gary McCabe. Oh, you went the same, Gary same. McCabe. Same. Yeah, yeah, Gary McCabe. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the mark. Two for three for me and Lee, is that? Um, to catch I know, I know. I thought I thought I would have had you snare yeah, with that one yeah, now. I, I threw in Dirty Deegan just for a crack yeah, and see I what knew, happened he there. He wasn't he's in the league long enough, is yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, number four. How many Japanese players do Celtic currently have oh, on their books? How many Japanese players do Celtic currently have on their books? I guess again, I'm gonna be one or I'm gonna be one off either side. I'm gonna be one off myself. There you go. Between two numbers. Yeah, sorry. I got what I want. Oh, didn't have gone. Right, okay, Lee, what have you got? Five. What have you got? Seven. Five. Five is right. Oh, oh, that's 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 <laughs> Kyogo, Yuki Kobayashi, Tamaki, Iwata, Days and Maida, and Rio Tate. Rio Tate is a baller. Baller, yeah. There must be a few that are looking at the side of it. Number five. This is one you should know if you claim to have the proper teammate. Name the country formerly known as Swaziland. Name the country formerly known as Swaziland. This is a guess again. Is it teammate now? Yeah, that's a little clue. Mm-hmm. Not more clues. Um, between two yeah, and three. Gonna have to call you, Lee. Or Dylan, sorry. The country formerly known as Swaziland is Eswatini. <laughs> Your teammate Pico Lopez. Just play, ah, just play ah, it against some lads. Come on. Ah, really? Oh. No, I said Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I said Estonia. <laughs> <laughs> Estonia for Lee. Estonia for me. Estonia. Germany. She said teammate. I thought that. You're going to get hammered on this one. Fucking <laughs> hell. Right, we're into general knowledge now. Thank you, guys. Sorry, Marcus. And mm. who played the role of Private Ryan in the box office? 1998 hit Saving Private Ryan. Oh, jeez. Who played the role of Private Ryan in the box office hit Saving Private Ryan? Oh, it's I know it's not this one, but I don't no, think it's that one either. either. And that's it. Right, Lee, what have you got? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks as well. Tom Hanks. No, Matt Damon. Oh, Matt Damon. Fuck. Spanner of the works. I, I didn't want to say Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that's the other. What's the chick flick? That's Ryan Gosling. Oh, that's... Uh, oh, where he's dancing with her? Yeah, what's that? Oh, it's not the notebook, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is the notebook. Yeah, notebook. Yeah, notebook. That's exactly what it is. Right, here's one now. This, is, this one is... A tricky enough one. Pyrophobia is a fear of photographs, lava, concrete, or fire. Pyrophobia is a fear of photographs, lava, concrete, or fire. Concrete, fire, photographs, or what? Lava. 
not a guess. Surely it's a guess from everyone. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right, Lee, what have we got? Photographs. No. Fire. Go on. Photographs. Fire. Yes, oh, I'm back in it. Yeah. Fire rolls in the name. I know, oh, I thought it was obvious. That one's here. That one's from the ultras. <laughs> um, Lee, you're expected to get this one. Which cocktail of rum and lime juice is named after a beach in Cuba? Which cocktail of rum and lime juice is named after a beach in Cuba? I'm guessing you just ordered them. You don't read the ingredients. Is it two words, can I ask now? Mm. It's one word. I'll give you that. Okay. One word, okay. Oh, so I can't even think of a cocktail. <laughs> okay. yeah. I think I might have this, to be fair. I don't think I have this. I'm going to have to push this for an answer. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even think mine's a beating. Five, four, I can't even write hand down. That's like not. Not. Right, so nothing from Lee. Copacabana. No, Copacabana is not in Cuba. <laughs> and but, um, Amaretto. No, we've got daiquiri. Oh, for fuck's sake. Come on, lads. Daiquiri. Why, lads, we're after hitting the else. Trying to raise the standard oh. here, lads. Okay, so next up, number eight. What do the letters, you might know the song, but what do the letters YMCA stand for? You know the song? Yeah. yeah. YMCA. I can hear a pin drop here. <laughs> no, I've absolutely no, no. idea. Right, Lee, what have we got? You, me, can. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I haven't got anything. No. I haven't got anything. You're my. Will you give me a half point? <laughs> no. 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 Young Men's Christian Association. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> this is a big question here. Last one, I'd say. Last Two more, lads. Two more. Oh, who's that? Oh, is there? What are parachutes typically made of nowadays, right? Oh. It's going to be a four. You're going to have a multiple choice, okay? Spandex, silk, satin, or nylon? What are parachutes typically made of? Spandex, silk, satin, or nylon? Need someone to, two again. Need mm. someone to streak ahead here, lads. I'm doing two again, lads. Yeah. I'm going right. to go with this. Lee, what do you got Spandex. Silk. Nylon. No, I was gonna go. I hope that God no one ever makes a parachute out of silk. Finally, is there one more? There's one more. This is dedicated to Pico Lopez once again. Finally, spell diarrhea. Oh God. Poor Pico seems to get an L belt whenever he goes on international duty. And this is the most common way to spell it, okay? Oh, that's just don't be hitting right. me with Google I know by looking at it, it's not right. No, it's, <laughs> it's a tricky one, isn't it? I don't spell it that often, no fairness. I'm actually going to get rid of that last letter and check. Yeah. I'm going with the second option I have. It's wrong, but... 
I think I'm wrong as well. Yeah. I hope you're wrong, Lee. That means I'm wrong. Right, Lee, go for it. D-I-A-H-R-E-A. No, you're going to let her out. Fuck! No, Jack, go for it. I'm going to go D-I-A-R-H-E-R-A. No. Dylan. So, no, D-Y-A-R-I-U-A. There's no Y-A-R-I-U-A. You should be Dr. Brian. It's out of Dior, Lee. Tell me what you need after it, but... Uh, no, it's D-I-A-R-H-E-A. So, oh, I switched oh. the letters wrong. <laughs> yeah, you, you had the wrong ones. So um, that is it for today. We It looks like we've Lee with three, Andrew yeah. with two, and Dylan Watts with four. A solid four. You could get out. You make it uh, maybe the best second place. You could probably make it out. Three is not fucking embarrassing, is it? <laughs> well, if you've seen some of the other scores, you might get away with it. <laughs> right, that's it for today, lads. Thanks very much, right? Cheers, thanks. Yeah, so I think it ended up with Watts. Did you? Would you have thought Watts would have won this one? Absolutely not. He, Watts four, Grace three, Dara two. I think it worked out as Watts would have been one of my favourites to be in the lower echelons. Uh, I think Sean Gann is the lowest so far, isn't he? He's one point. The Republic of um, Good to See Germany finally getting their independence. Anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't know because I did. I didn't, Am I the only one that follows Pico's international career? I, I didn't and know. Plus, can't tweet it. So. Can't tweet it. He says, yeah. "Well, today is the day I learned that Swaziland used to be or is now Eswatini." To be honest, Garrett, there'll be a quiz later on where you know the usual routine where I give you the quiz and I laugh at how bad you do. If the roles had been reversed, at this one, I would have done terribly, and you would have been mocking me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because um, even the quiz, even the film question, I was only half listening, and I heard Private Ryan. And I just thought, oh yeah, Tom Hanks. I wasn't listening properly. <laughs> I was loving it. I was setting <laughs> the traps for once. I was loving it. Um, Estonia, Estonia was not a good. I did one, get the it? pyro fire one though, right? I thought yeah. that was okay. That's logical. Like, like I think the way Pico breaks it down because he has logic. He's like, okay, what can I take from any question here? It says pyro. Why did you say photographs? He thought you were yeah, afraid of photographs. Was, no, no. Uh, Dylan with a, a unique spelling of <laughs> think, diarrhea. I think he ended up spelling diarrhea. There was some. Or, or something, anyway. One or two extra vowels in there and a Y. He does know his parachutes, though, Gary. Yeah. Dylan Watts, very familiar with parachutes. Uh, Pigo had a had an owl, um, what do they call it, Deli Belly? He never escapes it when he goes abroad, so <laughs> that one was for Pigo. So, yeah, that's the quiz anyway, and... Uh, like you said, thank God they can play football. <laughs> so we tonked Dundalk for Nail at Oriel Park on Friday. Prof, I'm going to the stand every time now in anticipation of a win up here. As Maloney says, though, imagine sitting there if you're losing 5-1. Yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know about going up there every time. <laughs> oh, man. It worked out the perfectly venom, this time. The venom and pure hatred aimed in our direction was glorious and we were boiling piss glorious I even got barred from a pub and never even went into it <laughs> it is oh, I'm, I'm ne- I've never I, at one stage I, when Gaffney we're, we're moving on we're just a quick one with Gaffney get round to the keeper and went boy it looked like it went in I was standing there everybody going yeah and then they started celebrating when it wasn't in and they were like yeah. and we were like yeah 2-0 2-0 and then said something about them not having enough yeah. fingers to. there to was one fellow going raging all the time wasn't there the one close to us he, he was having a battle with Dave Dunn so he was like the Dundalk Dave Dunn and they were in a feud <laughs> oh man it was brilliant 
So we have the surprise starter for us, which throws uh, a spanner in the works when we start at 11. Um, it's a tough one this week, and we had Finn back in the squad, Pico on the bench after his African travels, and Clark and Bort sat in the stands to the back of us, I think it was, Prof. Um, Pat Huben was out for Dundalk with a hamstring injury. Yeah, one side you said, where's Trevor Clark? And then Dennis Dunley who goes... He's behind you. He's, he's, he's <laughs> Look behind, behind you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone else was sitting beside him. I can't remember who it was. Good to see Finner back. Yep. Uh, good to see Aaron Green back. He came on late on. Great, great reception. Um, Players alike, yeah. everybody. Great reception from. Great reception. Um, would have been the icing on the icing on the cake if Greener had scored the fifth. And like I said, and I think there was another story about it as well. We've been missing Greener. I don't care what anyone says. Have you been missing Finner as well? Have you been missing been our missing, leader? Yeah, our skip. Um, we'll go on to starting levels in a while and predictions. But um, yeah, so the build up, prof. Um, but by build up, I mean how confident were you going in? I well, I was con- I I've had a feeling it was going to be a scrap. That's how I felt. I said the weather won't do us any favors. They don't do us any favors up here. They always put it up to us. Big crowd, partisan crowd. I was thinking, okay, we 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 could nick one here because. It's we really need to win, and I've noticed that when when push comes to shove with this team, and we genuinely there's no other option than to win. We tend we normally tend to do it, so I mm. I was confident of a win. I put us in as our prediction league. I went one nil, but um, the yeah, only so thing I was, I was happy. I think at the back of my mind was I said to you, we came up to Oriel Park after the the break last year, and it was a kind of a dull nil nil, and if you look around the league. A lot of teams seem kind of flat when they came back from the break. So I was think, but I was also thinking, hang on, we've not won our first six games. I expect us to come flying out of the traps here to get this win. I didn't think that. And then when the, the game started, us, yeah, yeah. When the game started, I, I started to have a good feeling. I was like, I think we're winning today. Yeah, it was a good start. Um, I, 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 I think. Um, I should also add in the build up. Um, I was walking home from work couple of days beforehand oh, oh man and a nice car pulls up um, good timing because he was just sort of context stuck. prop give them some context what did you say the week before context yeah you quoted an ex-defender and you I, said that he says clean sheets win leagues clean sheets win leagues I mentioned Joey O'Brien and then <laughs> good timing because he was stuck in traffic a little bit this is on the Nanger Road the window pulls down, and you know you know the cheeky grin. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. And the head just appears in the window with the big grin on him. And he goes, "All right." I go, "You panicking yet?" I said, "I said no, no. I think we're playing well." I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." And then it was a very short conversation. But the last thing he said was, "Clean sheets win leagues." Fucking tell him, man. <laughs> he listens. It's no coincidence. He still listens. He's just not telling shells. Oh, it's very funny. Um. In terms of like Oriel Park, this is only my second trip up there since April 2019. So I have avoided this ground. Is that when I dragged you out when you were sick? No, that was Stephen Kenny's first game. Remember that? I dragged you out, I think it was Neil Oliver. That was Kenny's first game in charge of Dundalk 2013. That was the that was the week before Linfield. Mm. Um, but yeah, I hate this kip. But I also didn't want to miss our first win. So I was like, no, I am going. And... There's a very limited stand tickets, but I was like, okay, I'll get a stand ticket. Uh, you got in somehow as well, Gar. The weather. Uh, the weather was brilliant two days beforehand. It was glorious. Yeah. And then the Friday, of course, pissing rain all day. 
that on that Twitter account goes, the forecast isn't great. Yeah. It's like, really? Yeah. Picture was, Spectre pic- 6. There was, um, <laughs> there was a picture of fellas sweeping the... Wasn't it? We were going to put this up as a, oh, as a yeah. picture. As a picture. To Dundalk. Dundalk literally said, weather's not great. So, <laughs> bring a brolly. I think it was Pats was more in danger. Wasn't yeah. it? Their game against UCD. Um, 500 tickets for off as usual. Usual carry on. Which is less because we were looking back on the 4-2 win. Desi scoring the free that he spoke about with you on the pod. How many do you reckon was in that night? Nearly a thousand? I reckon there was... Between the stand and there alone, I think easy eight to eight to a thousand. Now Ray Wheeler made a great point saying that any more than five hundred could possibly increase their guard bill. So let's say they give us seven hundred, an extra two hundred people means an extra twenty five guard that you have to pay for. Maybe I don't know the numbers, but that's mm. that's that's a great example. So as for bills, uh, Mitt McCarthy had a big rant on Facebook about how can they not just not make Rowers fans stand in the rain and weather like that cannot just give us a roof um, I actually wrote about in the programme last year I asked somebody and I was told about 30 grand it might cost to put up a temporary roof they got 7 million from Europe and they can't pay 30 grand to shell their fans on a night like that Yep. I think this pettiness stems from funny enough the 1970s because you know the way we were talking about the crowds disappeared overnight so the money's not there anymore. And then the pettiness begins and you're you're fighting fires on a weekly basis. You don't give a fuck about other clubs. You're just trying to pay your wages. I think this goes back 50 years. And just weeks and weeks go by and you're like, well, we don't have to put, put a temporary roof over yeah. uh, this week, do we? And then that goes on for years. Now it could... The, the case is as well... Um, I mean, you have to give a shout out to Bose, unfortunately, but they have got their, they have spent a few quid and they have put effort into bringing Daily Mount up to scratch. I think slight, we should, slightly show credit Bose for this. We we do we do have to credit them. They put up a temporary stand. They can increase their own attendance. I think fair play to them. Yeah, it is. They've gotten volunteers in to do up their ground. It is. It's taken one hundred and twenty years, but they <laughs> they've done it. At least they've done it, and they've done it. So listen. Um, get seven it might need a lick of paint out the Friday though but, uh, the Wack Express prof it was uh, luxury as ever brilliant stuff in the points I'm always the first one in the points because just the way it works for me and the way I'm working I can get the Friday off so my missus works at 4 o'clock so she'll be like yeah I'll drop you down at half 3 and I'm like that's a great idea <laughs> stick and get the paper out and drink the points so a few quiet ones before the, the mob arrives I only had time for the one scoop myself. Um, Swifty one prof. Yeah. Um couple of newbies in the bus, wasn't there? Whack didn't recognise them. Yeah, the uh, who was it? it? Dara O'Reilly, Lorch's crew, Jamie Doyle, mm-hmm. winner of the Tifties tournament last year, slash Pride Rings End. All good lads. All, all listen, that's what you want though, isn't it? You want to bring mm-hmm. these lads through, through the ranks. So they went into the wax notebook with his impeccable handwriting. Um one lad totally mistimed his uh, his waterworks and he was bursting yeah. that, this makes me uncomfortable I don't know how you felt it but when, I, when I'm beside someone who badly <laughs> needs a piss and he keeps talking about it and he's asking when's the next stop it makes me like it makes my skin crawl because I'm like imagine this was me yeah I I got that bad at Dundalk Garda Station and it got to the point where <laughs> I, f- I think that's what giving birth feels like 
<laughs> so I was like, get me off. I got to the point where when I got off the bus, I was slouched. I was like, oh. Every walk was like, oh. Yeah. Every step, oh my God. And there's about 10 of us just outside <laughs> the station. Yeah. We're like, hurry up, lads, they're coming. Yeah. Boston. I'm guessing that's why Tenny has just jumped off the bus in the middle <sighs> Except, of fuck it. in the middle of traffic. Because I knew for a fact we'd be in at least another ten yeah. minutes and I couldn't. I couldn't. That did happen to me once in Longford years ago. It was the worst ever and I've learned my lesson ever since. Mm. Um it was funny passing by some passing by stuff on the way in the dock town. Uh someone said even their best houses look shit. Yeah. Which is yeah, a great, yeah, which is a great yeah, yeah. call. The Dundalk Grammar School, that got a lot of laughs. <laughs> Defunct grammar school. Uh, the, the game itself, probably. Anyway, well, we just made my kick off. By the way, we only were there ten minutes before. Yeah, I actually, I jumped, I jumped in. I went into the main entrance, so um, we jumped off and we got up there eventually. But yeah, kick off. Uh, well, we got we had Ch- Kenny Kenny starting up front. I didn't think he'd start Kenny, um, but. I think I did start him in the week before because I was thinking to myself he's going to have confidence here from his goal from the 21s he needs a goal what better place to get it up and done dock mm-hmm. away in a tough fixture like that so um, it was good to see him get a chance we started lovely, well lovely the true f- ball by Cabo by the way for that yeah. chance and Cabo with the assist for the fourth goal as well so like we say surprise choice to play Cabo but uh, he played well um, the, the PA Gare we've made fun of this PA in the past uh, Carl Curran's called it the loudest tannoy of all time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe it's worse in the in the terrace, is it? It didn't seem as obnoxiously loud where we, where no, we were. No, it, it could be. Uh, it has to be worse in the terrace. It was okay where we yeah. were. Carl Curran makes no sense. Carl Curran standing there with his flamboyant umbrella. Oh, Carl Curran went to a game. He did. Oh, and we won a game. He attended. Oh, we'll keep it. So he's allowed to come back now. Uh, <laughs> so the. <coughs> the opener guy. The opener Gaffney. So ball came ball comes in and somehow Ferruja manages to juggle it around and position himself to control it brilliantly. Great hold of play. Great yeah. hold of play. Little little snap back to uh, a little set to Cleary and Cleary AKA co- Figo current deal. AKA fucking Figo <laughs> turns in and just floats a beautiful ball, inch perfect into Gaffney. Perfect back across the keeper into the into the ground almost. Brilliant goal. Celebrations are wild. That's the only thing I will say about the stand. We're up giving it the mad one. And then you look around and you realise all you hear is all you hear is the banjo start playing. And That's thinking, the most you've ever actually tried to play that guitar. You didn't just swipe yeah, at it like an not, animal. Yeah, the banjo is like... <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is... Like, you could hear a pin drop here because you can't actually hear yeah. our fans that well from, from the stand. So uh, we were up giving yeah. it the big one, jumping around and just the looks that you get. I was thinking, let's get used to this. I but, really <clears> I really <throat> like this goal. Um, the Dundalk podcast were kind of... Critics were saying like, oh, they were asleep or whatever. But I thought we hit them out of nowhere and it was just the perfect ball that you couldn't defend against. No, you couldn't. And um, definitely, uh, clearly, clearly was absolutely brilliant in this game. The way he advances with the ball, when he's on it, he's on it. He is absolutely superb. He won every header. We we'll move on from that, but we'll talk does about somebody wear. Does somebody win uh, a match worn Joel Custron jersey? Joel Custron, yeah, professional raffler Lee Duffy or not Lee Duffy Lee Kelly. He won it twenty <laughs> second minute and a lovely pot of three hundred plus quid. 
So if you want to get involved in the Golden Goal, let us know. We have a signed Chris McCann jersey prof. I'm looking mm. prof right in the eyes when I say this. Signed Chris McCann jersey. Worn, match worn. Still smells. So if you uh, want to wake up to 89 messages in the morning from Jay Mangan. <laughs> so, and Mark Eden. Yeah, so join the group, it. join the Golden We're looking goal. at you're looking at 300, 250 plus each minimum in the pot in the Golden Goal every week. So um it's a bit of crack and you win spot prizes. So, so if our, you want to get involved, let us know. Our play before the red card, which is an important discussion to have, I think, because I see some of the Doc fans saying not some Doc fans saying they were the better team for the first twenty minutes. No, I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I thought our intensity and our hunger was there from the off. I don't think this red card would have mattered much to the result at all. We, as I, I was calling Richie, a hassle merchant. We hassled them to death. And it wasn't even a regular pressing game. We it was a little bit more. It was like they had a fucking fire up their hall. And it mm. was they were told, you need to win this game, lads. This needs to change. It needs to happen now. It was brilliant. Started fantastically. Mm. Really, really good. You talk about harassing. If you look at the third and fourth goals, that's where they come from. Mm-hmm. We're harassing them. To, we win the ball. Uh, I like that element of the, the third and fourth goals. So, the, the sending off. Sending off. Benson, red card. High challenge on Grace. Um, so, it's it's looking like a 50-50, but the ball is coming towards Grace. And Benson decides to go for it as well. But he comes in, like I said, fucking Royu. Hadouken style and it it's a red all day it really is like he's high he's late and it's there's no attempt for the ball there really with the bottom of your stud mm. so it's a red card it's I the, can't the argument is Grace also has his, his foot up a bit but Grace is I, the one in the ascendancy though he's the one who has more control of the ball closer to the ball he's not doing the tackling Benson is doing the tackling whereas Lee Grace is more so controlling it mm. I don't. I wouldn't say it's like a hundred percent. This is a clear, definite red card. I just. I've looked. I've watched. I've replayed a few times, and I think. I just think it's a red card. Yeah. Whereas, I don't agree with this. Oh, he's given the referee a decision to make. I think it's more than that. It's worse than that. No, he's gone absolutely true. No for real that, intent for the ball. Like the the refereeing standards conversation has come up again, and. Uh, Paddy Barris red card is being talked about in the same breath as this but like there's no comparison in terms of like he's giving the ref a decision to make which is a cliche it's a crazy comparison man that Paddy Barrett one was never a red but That's, is that was a shocker shocker really poor decision but that like this one is a red I think this is straight red like we've called spades spades how it is and our red cards and mm. We we hammered our fellas for second stupid yellows and clearing grace and clearing grace. We said it. This was a red. Oh, they're, they're red it's the way it is. Yeah. Um. Arnold, a, Arnold Hunter uh, was the referee. Is he from the north? Is he? Arnold. Arnold Hunter. <sighs> we uh, uh, we had some serious chances in this prop. I thought we made a three with Gaffney going boy skinning the keeper. Was hot went in. Didn't go in. We should have been a goal. Uh, Richie Tell. Took a shot, crossed across the box. Thought Richie could have done better with he that. Could have done better. I thought, he could have, I thought it was going in as well. There was one more I'm missing. I think and he I had can't more time it. than he realised too. There's he another chance. To it could have been five nil. In the corner. Could, could have been, been five nil a half time. Could have been four or five up. Um. So yeah, Benson sent off. Gare. Uh. First red card of his career actually. Um, wow. Good stat. And do you know what I loved about it as well? 
First thing I turned around, I think it was Dunstar, I said, I said, let's see how we play against 10 men, which we struggled to in past. Everyone past. was thinking it. We didn't want to say it out loud, but we're like, we don't play well against 10 men, do we? Yeah. But uh, we did, and we were ruthless. At um, times, they did put it to us. Now, I bigged up Tulloch, so I'm going to big up every other good mm. player that I think is on balls because he was terrible. So I'm hoping that courses him again <laughs> because he didn't play well at all. I was watching the replay of the of the the red card, but also the reaction of the the two benches. We were taking a bit of credit because it happened right in front of our bench, and it happened right in front of our stand. So we were like, "Yeah, we had a little assist in that." We we nearly went over them. Like you <laughs> yeah. can see the two rays, two rays mm. were down there. We all had our own part to play, and the second that went up, everyone around us, it's like so Park. (laughs) Everybody is on Adriano Real, who had more interest in keeping Bradzer in his own little technical area than he had in actually looking at the game. There was one incident in the second half as well that he pulled back, and it was a shocking decision. I was going to mention that. Mention that one in a while. We'll talk about that in a while. That That was was terrible, but we all, like, we got up and. All you could hear like is us rev, rev, rev. Everybody incessantly all saying, it. and he's yeah. looking around and he's pa- he's panicking. And when he produced a red, we were like, yeah, it was like a goal. <laughs> yeah. It was like we'll take that assist. Uh, yeah, Benson normally a thorn on their side, isn't he? He scored ten career yeah. goals against us. Um, like I said, I was watching all the reactions. Jack was doing a lot of giving out after the red card, and he was on a yellow at this point, wrongfully. Yeah, because man, that was a stupid yellow. Like it wasn't yeah. wasn't a yellow. Well, I was just watching Jack saying like soft, soft yellow. I thought. Yeah, yeah. But the lads not conscious of how card happy the refs are. Don't be bickering at them. You can't take that out, Jack. Though that's who he is. He's that. Oh, but type this is after guy. the car has been given. But that's what he's and like. He's still giving out. He's one of them. You know what I mean? He's one of them mm. where you just can't shut him up. Well, he's he, one of them. But Jack was brilliant. Jack, he was brilliant, and he got the hook later on just to sort of keep right him, to get the hook though. Keep him in cotton wool, and he was still giving it when he got the hook. <laughs> yeah. Keep him in cotton wool for daily mounts, but um, Woody actually has a stat later on in the the Tiffy's hotline. Uh, we've an average of five yellow cards per game this season, as opposed to three in the English Premier League. Oh, whoa, that's a big one. That's a lot more cards. Yeah, um, yeah. So really, really happy at halftime, Prof going in. Well, you didn't mention the greatest goal, did you? Two 0 thirty-seven minutes. The uh, greatest goal, yeah, yeah. Jesus, sorry. Um, bit of pinball in the box, wasn't it? And um, just a lovely, lovely header from from League Race. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's nice to be scoring headers. It's something that we haven't really done in a while. The first three goals were crosses, first aren't they? Three goals were crosses. And um, so League Race up again, and I got an assist on this one again because young Jamie Doyle on the Wack Express says to me, "Do you think Gary? Do you think League Race is a good is good money at twelve to one? Anytime it says course. Anytime, yes. Anytime twelve. But, I don't like first goal scorer bets. Not first goal scorer. No. As poor Stafford's cousin will know because he's been back in league race first goal scorer for ages and it hasn't happened in five years. I'm not he's mad. a great man for his second goal. I'm not mad about a first goal scorer mm. at all in general but I'd be, I'm going to start going for any times for us now for headers. I think we're going to go on a bit of a streak. And speaking of the Stafford family we also had Kieran dancing in his red jacket. I saw that. Was it a poncho or was it a jacket? It's now been immortalised in gift form. In gift form, which pretty much everything has in the Prime Rings end. <laughs> so Gaff with the assist prop for Grace's header. And this is, I, I say this most weeks, but this week in particular, you're going to go first and start 11s and predictions. Uh, 
But if you recall, Gare, you just skip it. I don't make score predictions for derbies. I haven't been doing it for years. Oh, man, I can't. I can't pick this there eleven. I'm, I'll pick eleven, but I won't be giving you a score. Right. Yeah. So half time prop two 0 Great. Great reception for the lads going in, and uh, plenty of abuse for Dundalk as well. So and um, the commentary on LOI TV we were hearing uh, from people watching back at home was that it's actually pretty unbiased. For a change for yeah. these uh, commentaries, but they kept on going on about a chance by John Martin, which was go- which was uh, offside anyway. The Lino had his flag up, and apparently they kept replaying this chance over and over and over and over again, and talking about how important it was. Yeah, and people at home were like, "It was offside." Yeah, it's offside. Um, so prop forty had been. I turned to talk to my trusty trusty sidekick. Couldn't find you. Where'd you go, Prof? Well, you see, I had to get a head start in the queue again. I had to get a burger, but actually didn't have burgers. They had uh, chips and uh, chicken goujons. What so, sauce, Prof? Well, it was curry sauce. Curry That's sauce. all it was. It looked the biz. It actually was very, very tasty. Because I didn't get a word out of you until the second half. No. Because you had uh, buried in a it big plate might need to go food. to to the committee. Am I allowed to res- am I allowed to review non-burgers? Absolutely. Yeah, it's food. Food in general. But, uh, it looked but the biz. I am a big fan of the old UCD hot dog. Not the current ones. They're absolute shite. But uh, the dark fans singing about Richie Tell's dog being in the box. See that? I'm done with that. I'm fuck about with the dogs, man. I am... Well... That's a horrific thing to say about... A dog, a poor little doggo, and they're singing about it being in a box. So Richie showed them, didn't he? Yeah, hope she goes full John Wick on them. Yeah. <laughs> so they had a good little spell at the start of the second half. In fairness, yeah, that's but what I was thinking. I was thinking, here we go, ten men. There's they had a they, on the left hand side in particular. I think it was they had a bit of joy more than anything out on Farouja's side. But big sexy doctor was well up for it. <laughs> big sexy. My doctor. God, that man I, had a. Unbelievable game. Oh, he was brilliant. You know, my favorite, probably my favorite part of the whole night. Uh, of, there was many, many highlights to enjoy from this evening. But when Frugia was subbed off, and normally it's just it, they do it every time. Like they high five the players when they're coming off, and Brazil will pat them on the back. And Brazil is more usually more focused on the match. Yeah. So it's more like he doesn't even look at them half the time. He just sort of passed them. He looked through dead in the eyes and he Brazzer had the biggest fucking grin you've ever seen. As if to say Told you. You were on it tonight. You, you were that's brilliant. what you can do. You yes. know that type of thing. And even it was funny because at one stage he was going down I think it had a lot to do with Tulloch as well, who can, just doesn't defend. And he was kinda of up that neck of the woods, so he wasn't doubling back and helping out. But every single time Frugia got the ball. I don't think Ferruja knows what he's going to do. No, he doesn't. He's, his legs are going like in and out and he's like a bit of rubber going. And I'm like, this fella is on it. He just has, no one knows what he's going to do. If we can get him doing that daily mount on Friday, they will not be able to cope with him. Even better that we had probably his biggest critic sitting in front of us, Dave Dunn. Dave but Dunn. Dave. Dave, yeah, what did Dave do? Every time yeah. he kind of have it, Dave would look back and go, no end product. But in fairness, Dave... Hands up. He put his hands up at the end of the game. He said he, he was, was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant, yeah. Uh, not that Dave has been off the mark completely before. There has been a lack of end products at times. 
Um, but everything was coming off for him this night. It was between him and Tell. Oh, tell. I think Cleary, Cleary was absolutely unbelievable as well. He won everything. Just I'd love the I love a defender who advances with the ball and looks for passes and can play ball. Cleary was brilliant. Mm. Tell for me did it. Touched every blade of grass. I'm hoping it's not Dundalk Oyes where he just wants to play well against his former club. Well, I don't That's agree. Two that he... good performances in a row, Prof. What did you want? What did you say? You yes, said you wanted two. That good call Let's back. Let's get it toward. That's a good call back. Yeah. Um, I don't agree that he covered every blade of grass. Not a single player covered any blade of any grass. <laughs> There's no grass out um, there. So the Kenny goal, 3 0, 71 minutes, Gar. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, great bit of play. Richie Tell gets the ball. And I'm thinking to myself, I like this position. I like where he is. I like when we whip balls in from this neck of the woods because we've got good people like Poom, like uh, Cavo, these people who can deliver a ball in well. Richie Powell just curls this in. You couldn't have asked for a better ball. Oh, it was and a deft header from Johnny Kenny. That's a great goal. Places it into the corner and I was so happy. There's so many boxes were ticked with this performance. Perfect. Johnny Kenny getting a goal after a 21s goal. Richie Towell having a second consecutive good game in a row. Just thinking to myself, this is happening. Clean sheet. Kick start the fucking season. Like the song said at the start, back from the fucking dead. Nice confidence booster for Kenny. Oh, it was class. Um, and I he liked, played well. He was. He he, was played, he he has that snapshot in him. And I liked his off the ball movement in the game as well. I yeah. liked the runs he was making. I thought he played very well. Um, but like I said earlier... I was so pleased to see us be ruthless against 10 men. Yeah. We were Brilliant. gone for the juggler. Yeah. Um, and we plenty of chances. Like, I mean, we, we really, really went at them. Ferrugia, they're going to be seeing him in their nightmares. He was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaff was class again. There was no one that really had an off day. I know I was worried about Cavo because I felt Cavo was off the pace against Talca Park. I thought yeah. he was off the pace. And I said, he needs a good game here. And he was superb. That one-touch, quick-passing game, putting people into space suits Cavo, which leads us into the fourth goal. Before the fourth goal, there's two things that won't make the highlights, unfortunately. Uh, one is the thing you mentioned earlier. That referee decision uh, from the first half, I think, when you had no... Why didn't he play the advantage? Man, like there's a dark similar to the McGonagall one, maybe yeah. not, as, not as blatant, but similar. We were all laughing in the stand. We were like, "Oh my god, why hasn't he played the advantage there? Yeah. That is ridiculous." He was mobbed. The other, this this is tragic. That this won't make the highlights. Jack Byrne, in the middle of the park, did a sexy turn, a swivel, and he put. A beautiful true ball, and I was like, "Oh my god, please let this end in a goal!" And it was who missed it in the end? Was it Kenny or Gaffney? Uh Gaff first half, no, second half. This is second half. I think it might have been. I think it might have been Kenny. And it was like it would have been a goal of the season contender. Unbelievable stuff, and, and like, it won't make the highlights. Jack's just sending people for papers, left, right, and centre. He's had a brilliant start of the season. Big shout! Oh, here, hold on, another one as well. Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill was unbelievable in this game. He had been... I, I criticised him for the game in Tolka. I felt like he wasn't forward thinking enough. He did so much work off the ball, starting the attacks, just breaking up play. Gary O'Neill was absolutely he does a lot of unseen stuff, yeah. In this game. Who said... Someone beside us said he's my man the match. He says, doesn't matter. Once he starts, he's my <laughs> man That the was match. Dennis Dunn yeah. who said that. 
Uh, yeah, Gary O'Neill was very good. So it was uh, it was brilliant, but we had to move on to this four goal prof. Like and to quote uh, the the man of mystery, the absentee Kirk Hearns, he's probably going to kill us for this. Um, it's not often you score an ole. You know when you're taking the piss and you're treating a little bit. Ole, ole. That's a good point. Ole. Yeah. It was a great point. And this was a lovely, lovely... This reminded me, actually, because this is a Glenn Malore special, right? This is why I got subbed in the final against St. Dan's. I was that right full. They played <laughs> a little triangle around me. did a couple of times and I got the hook. The this huke. was brilliant. Lovely little triangle play. Fast, crisp passing. passing. Put Cavo into space. First time I was thinking, oh, Cavo, don't do it. Took a touch, knocks it into to, to Bork, and Bork buries it. This is a beautiful, beautiful goal. Twenty-one passes, maybe was the count. Yeah, Berkey out the bench, great to see him getting the score. Like Absolutely say, class. Like I say, I love the passing for this goal, and he buries the top corner. Um, the this Celt- is the team that we know. This is the yeah, yeah. This is the team that we know. The only downside was we couldn't really see the celebrations properly. Like uh, Berkey, I didn't. We couldn't. Re- I didn't notice this anyway. Uh, Berkey kicked the ball into the stands word in the chat was that he had kicked someone in the face and then someone said no that's not what happened but uh, Woody said ball smacked I thought I'm laughing ball smacked the kid in the head curry chips and tears everywhere no but what, what happened was a young fella on the Pride of Rings end bus actually caught the match ball uh, not from Berkey's kick there but yeah. at, the, at the end so it's his first away day so I don't know who caught the Berkey kick but uh Young for them, the Pride of Rings then, but got a match ball. So, we at least know Glenn Malore have a decent match ball now as well. Yeah. I was also conscious not to get too carried away after the match because you know what football can be like. Yeah, but we know football is fleeting, though, Prof. You know what derbies are like. Yeah. They can break your heart. Yeah. And, like, how important is it to follow that up now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another note as well, uh, The once again. Uh, water is wet and Dundalk Stewart's are a disgrace absolute disgrace uh, I'd go as far as calling one or two of them scum for the way they treated some of our fans and our elderly fans so um, not for one for being petty but their favour should be returned treat them like the animals that they, they treated us it was absolutely disgraceful to carry on with them that's part of the chorus isn't it like we've had we've had um, fans on the Tiffany's hotline before remember the, the all female Addition, they're talking about trying to go to the toilet in Oriel Park. Yeah. One or two of them had to pretend to be pregnant. Absolutely disgraceful, it really was. So, nothing surprised me there, but I witnessed it for the first time as someone around me, you know. I witnessed it and I watched it, I thought that's absolutely disgraceful. So, um, yeah, so we will move on, Prof, for the Manus double save from uh, Ward's shot. And, um, you know, when a player like Ward gets into that position and he's got momentum technically he's a good player he can bang them in from there I was thinking ah here's the clean sheet gone <coughs> he's bound to score gets into overs Mallets pulls off brilliant save double save another one as well palms it away fantastic save then brilliant yeah, and stuff. then the follow up at his near post um, I just I love how much the clean sheet meant to him obviously it was important he was obviously aware that he was about to break the record yeah yeah. but even though it was 4-0 I just love that we wanted that clean sheet because after all Gare Say the lion, Gar. What's the lion? I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing this. Clean sheets win leagues. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not the well, the sharpest tool in the box, though, bro. Clean sheets was, win leagues. You league. thought it was Wednesday earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, performances we spoke about. Everybody, everyone was brilliant. And let's give Brad's our shout out for making good subs. 
taking players off at the right time, knowing when the game is dead, giving minutes to people before the derby who need it, and taking players off who need to be rested with one eye on Daily Mount Park as well. Mm -hmm. So loving, loving that all round, everything. Nothing to be unhappy about. The vantage point, Prof. Um, well, you I just you said something on the night. You were like, you noticed that Brazzer was pulling players for a one-on-one chats and giving directions. Because yeah. I never, I never pay attention. Using every second and breaking play. Yeah. I never pay attention. To the I gaffers. did notice that. They're too yeah. far away, aren't they? Yeah. But now we're right behind them. Every little chance he got. No, well, actually, I will say I'm I'm behind the dugout for the home games. Yeah. And I've never seen Brazzer do that as frequently before. I have seen him do it, alright. But not that frequently. Every little chance he got pulling them, coming them over, boom, 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 and even giving some of them a little bollocking. I think he said something to Johnny Kenny, and Johnny Kenny turned around one stage and he was like, it's fucking 10 minutes in, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it was brilliant, though. It was great. So, but we're not yeah. getting, we haven't won the league, we haven't fucking won anything, but it's nice to celebrate no. a good win like that, which we don't normally have. You know, it's a good kickstart to the season. Let's let's build on it. Mm. So, yeah, great crack in the stand. We're barred from the bar, or at least you are. <laughs> Uh, I'm probably going to take a break from that kip now for a while because that can't be topped. Well, I'll tell, uh, you, I'll tell you how it happened, right? Obviously, we're winning 2 0 and taking the piss, so I'm trying to sneak in with a point at half time and we're bouncing in, you know? Thinking this is keep great. Keep in mind, this is after 45 minutes of you standing and shouting, taking the piss. There's a few of us. This is what you do in football, <laughs> man. That's what you do. You don't like to go home. I know, but I didn't intend to go so home. We're, we're, we're walking in and all of this. No, not him! No, he's mild! <laughs> I'm there looking around going. Who? Who you thought I've never been here? How can you be part of a pub you've never been in? He goes, No, 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 are you a member of the board? And I was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm on the board. And I think uh, Val, Valerie Wilson walked in and goes, Yeah, there's me, ma. And he goes, They go, Ma, ma. She, she wouldn't answer me. He goes, Yeah, I'm not getting in. <laughs> I'm like, Go out of here, you're bad. He's like, Oh, man, tax uh, credit for your vocal cords. Meanwhile, Mitzi. On Facebook, he posted a Facebook status and it just said, Matthew McGrath is at Chernobyl nuclear power plant. <laughs> and that made me laugh. Big he time. said something about getting a tan as well. Uh, final notes. Um, I just have a couple more. One, it didn't occur to me until Dunster said it to me. Brazzer was doing the fist bumps with the hey, hey, and then Dunster goes, He's been dying to do that. I oh, was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, we haven't seen fist bumps all year. We made him. We made him do it twice. We made him do it over. Uh, and the other uh, note was very odd choice of music after a four 0 home defeat. Yeah, always look on the bright side of life. Everything. No, it was Bob Marley. Uh, every little thing's gonna be alright. Oh, it was yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Bob Marley. Same, same message. Same message. Weird, wasn't that? We were singing it. Everybody was singing it. It was great. Yeah. Um, we'll never dry. Yeah. We'll never dry. that as well. Uh, Post match, prof. So you were. Um, I nearly had a nixer on myself. Drone guy Graham. He was trying to fob off the media duties. And you were like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm not doing it." I was like, oh, I'll, "I'll do it. Get me to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do it in the bar, brother?" So yeah, no. Post match, Brad's. I said a big win had been on the cards for weeks, and so did El Jonesy from the Wack Express. Jonesy said, "We're gonna hop off someone." And it's happened. It finally did. Yeah, but we probably said that 
for past two thousand. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we've been very calm for the club in house. You understand that people are going to talk. Bradley told RT Sport. He said, But I've been saying over weeks that the performances have been there and I felt like the scoreline tonight, I think that was coming for quite a number of weeks. It could have happened in the last two games as well. So the Tonkin came in and the men who say football podcast reaction prof sounded like they're a little bit desperate like we used to be. But I will say I I like them because they, they actually remind me of us at times, you know, because they're so invested in their club. Mm. They're just coming out with all sorts of shite to, to come up with excuses to why they're terrible. I think they can be level-headed a lot of the time. Yeah, they definitely so can. So I yeah. can uh, sort of appreciate what they're saying, but what, what are times I just I don't agree with them at all? Like last year, James Lowe actually got me listening to them a little bit last year because um, remember we beat them 3-0 and we used that tactic we we took advantage of their high line and yeah. we played the ball in three times scored three goals they had a great they were they were quite poor that day they well they dominated the game because we gave them the ball but despite that the, the lads in the podcast came on and said but we had all the possession yeah no I thought they were poor in possession to be honest and they didn't do but, much with it but that's, that's but they had a great line saying that we gave them the the plans to the death there <laughs> as in we as in Dundalk we gave Rovers the plans of the desk there and we just took advantage and the other time I listened to them was they were talking about our ownership model and one of them clearly didn't understand their ownership model they were talking about the ins and outs and like oh what does Desmond know and all this and one of them started warning against us or like oh but they could be in another peak peak six situation where they get ruined and the other guy goes no hang on that's not how it works we can't be in that situation because it's fifty percent fan owned, or like we say seventy five with Ray Wilson. But um, but other than that, no, I have, um, I have liked a couple of their podcasts. Mm. Not too bad. Uh, Ray Whedon. It's saying that I don't think I listen. No. When we don't play them before and after, games. you know what I mean. Yeah. Ray Whedon video bombing Brazzers post match gear, walking <laughs> around in the background. He, I know he, what you want to say yeah, yeah I'm not saying it should have, should have cut a passionate promo Gary shouldn't he 29 cup finals left 29 <laughs> cup finals yeah yeah. But, um, uh, like Brad said this was coming like you said it was coming Um, I think annoying me was it didn't annoy me but the last time we hammered them down there or up there 4 nil COVID 4-0 COVID and their excuse that time was... 10 changes, didn't it? It was before Europe. So it was like, oh, well, we only beat a second string side. Yeah, Jim only made 10 changes, didn't he? This time is, yeah, this time is the red card. Yeah. I'm glad you know his name, Gar, because I think... <laughs> even after the quiz, I've still forgotten his name. And Coaching Tommy, Little League in the fucking Bronx. <laughs> Tommy Tormey notes, just think what we could have achieved if we'd changed the way jerseys sooner. <laughs> well, he still haven't won in that actual black jersey, did we? Or we did, we broke it. Someone said something about the jersey. It's like that's the sash jersey. It's a new one, didn't it? The black one with the. No, I don't. I don't think we ever won. I don't that. think we ever won in it. No, that's mental. Don't dock appeal the red car. Benson will save a two-match suspension, <laughs> but Pico gets three for being a part-time hairdresser. Yes, that's insane, <clears throat> man. Make it make sense. Fucking John Claude Van Damme <clears throat> gets two <clears throat> games. And fucking the Zohan gets it's pure, three for <coughs> tossing someone's hair. It's purely because of the phrasing. Violent conduct. It's literally like 
there's no thought put into what the actual action was. There's just, it needs to be categorised. One is a tackle. The other is goes under the, the category violent conduct. Even though it was just a tussle of the hair, violent conduct is three and the tackle is two. Do you reckon they even look at... It's like it's so bureaucratic or something. It's do you like, reckon they even look at video footage? Do you reckon they just have it on paper? <sighs> as if to say, what was this? Violent conduct, <clears throat> raised hand... And then the other one was just a tackle. Do you reckon? I reckon they could even possibly be that outdated that they don't even look at video footage. You never know. Uh, but we but move uh, on anyway with Prof because he has like, the stats. It like, is Prof. As we always say, Gar, after wins like this, it sets up your weekend. It's a great feeling. Oh, it's a great weekend. Took nine competitive games to get that feeling. Um, Some of us have only three points worse off than we were last year, which. I'm not worried. When you look at it like that, glass half full. Yep. A few stats. Obviously, Alamanis broke the record, so that double save at the end wasn't just the clean sheet of the match. It was like it meant something to Manus as well. 121. He has beaten Alan O'Neill's record. Alan O'Neill, who's made his debut in 1975. Do you reckon there was a little phone call or a little text? (laughs) To him, he's such a gent. Ah, he's a gent, isn't he? Yeah. But uh, yeah, like we like we mentioned in our 70s special in the four provinces, we spoke about a young Alan O'Neill making his debut, heading out to Japan for a pre-season tour. And then all these years later, his his record is broken by Alan Manis in the year 2023. 2023. I'm about to change my team four <laughs> times. <laughs> I hear you scribbling furiously. Uh, only two tonkings away from home since 2020. And both were Oriel Park, 4-0. Oh, 4-0 Tonkins. Um, since that one, um, the only others, that was in September, or sorry, that was in 2020, the only others home and away were Bangor Celtic, Tad of 4-0, Finn Harps and Tad of 5-1. So, half our tankings, <laughs> tank, half our tonkings since the 27th of September 2020 were in Oriel Park. Rough with the tongue stats, <laughs> but that stat is slightly skewed because a week before Oriel, there we beat Waterford six one in Tana. Uh Tommy Tarmy was asking, he was kind of asking a question of himself. Really, he was like, "Is this the biggest away win I have seen outside of Dublin since we beat Galway five nil in nineteen ninety three?" Jesus. Because fans weren't allowed in that 2021 in Oriel Park. <clears throat> he's also he's also asking, is it a, a, a biggest away win of significance? So I'm going to call out some away wins here, which some of these were obviously against, you know, average teams. Um, so we have the 4-0 on Friday. We have the 4-0 Oriel 2020. Um, we beat Waterford 5-1 at the RSC in August 2019. So this is my outside Dublin list. Four goals or more. Uh, 5-0 in Athlone in the 2016 FAI Cup. That was actually under Bradzer. That was very early on in Bradzer's reign. All right. Uh, draw had a 4-0 in 2011 under Michael Neal. Longford 5-1 away. Flankair Park. Neil mm. Flan Zero. <laughs> 2002 uh, 4-0 in Kilkenny 2001 4-0 at Drogheda in 1999 Damien Richardson's first game in the century year well, that, was, that was a way to Drogheda um, 
So those are all the, the biggest away wins since we won 5-0 in Galway in 1993. But Tommy kind of means that, you know, Dundalk are expected to be maybe top three this season. Yeah. In 93-94, Galway were actually challengers. Like, they they came to the RDS and beat us 5-2. Jesus. So they were up there. So, so the answer to the question, Tommy, is possibly yes. This is the biggest away win outside Dublin against strong opposition since Tommy, since then Tommy T could be that you saw that you're at mm. um, yeah so that's prof with the stats uh, the bus home was great crack we had the reverend <laughs> Robert Gaffney on the, the microphone the diesel smugglers uh, we also sped up that song didn't we We uh, the bow's room was bare <laughs> we sped yeah. it up by 10 and it's a, it's a great song <laughs> Yeah, not the one that the points Matthew yeah. saying. So we were trying to see. Robbie was singing at his own pace, and we wanted to sing at our pace. Yeah, eventually we merged, but uh, yeah, we beat the Diesel Smugglers yeah. for Zulch, for <laughs> Zulch, Robert Gaffner with the whistle. He perfected <laughs> the whistle, didn't he? Michael Carnes. <laughs> oh, so, he's uh, he's an entertainer, isn't he? Um, so that's the stats and other results prof we had uh, I'm still in the prediction league Tommy Tommy is there Dirty Fingers Brian Cunningham is in it <coughs> he's flying he's second at the minute I'm about I think I'm 28 I had a good week this week I got 40 odd points so you predict the scores if you don't get the score right and you get the win right you still get 5 points you've designated scores you get your point. it's actually a good crack it's great and the Rovers fellow runs it his name is Joe so big shout out to Joe Um I I'm I'm trying to get up the fucking rankings here, prof. But where did you say you're? Twenty eight. Twenty eight out of fifty five. I think it is. It's not bad considering it's if you get a streak of good wins ahead of you, like it's it's tough. It's actually very good. I'm surprised you. I know you don't so, like predicting games, but it's no. good crack. And there's a few quid in it at the end, and there's a few so, rovers on. So like rovers, you need to go on a run now. Yeah, I need a run. I need a good run, and I had a good start this week, so I got forty odd points. But um, Cork won, draw the one. We had Shells losing at home with the Paddy Barrett's red card losing. Uh, losing the momentum for them, really. So Derry getting a win, scraping a win in Talcott's Pats 3, UCD 0. And I went out on my sword with Sligo. I picked Sligo in the last man standing and Bowes beat them last minute with a disgracefully defended goal. <laughs> Absolutely horrific. So um, Bowes with a bit of momentum going into this big Dublin derby. So... At what point do we take both seriously? Is that six wins out of seven? No, not yet. Not yet. You can't you can't win six times out of seven to be shy though. No, it's one series games, man. It's one series games. Don't worry about it. Relax, will you? Do for a rant on RTE. Um as much as we slayed the guy, he actually made a lot of sense. I think Joey wrote this for him. I think Joey slipped it to him and goes, <laughs> See what you're gonna say now, yeah? Don't say any of that. <laughs> Here's what you're gonna say. And it, Please tell me you know something else about what Duff was saying. Uh, His mannerisms. I only listened to it today. He is Joey reincarnated. Listen. I listen. He he talks like him now. He's probably obviously hanging around with him a lot. I'm telling you, Joey rubs off on you like that. He's like that. I listen. I listen. You know. In fairness to Duffer, um, on the night I only heard him say that one line about bring the refs need to come with us, right? Mm. But then I listened to the RT soccer podcast tonight or today, and Tony O'Donoghue asked him four questions about refs, and each time Duffer was trying to like, I can't really say it in here, and he kind of tried to finish it. Yeah. And each time Tony kept asking about it, 
And then that led to that quote about Tony might think similar re- to us. Tony probably to feels the same. Us. Yeah, he probably probably Tony feels the same, and he knows so, he knows his crowd. He knows yeah. his, his audience. He knows he can get out of Duffer, but he can't get out of other, <laughs> other gaffers. Duffer tried his best not to go on a rant there, yeah, and it was brought out of him <coughs> by Tony. Brilliant stuff. Well done, Tony. So um, this, this quote next is about the uh, the Brandywell pitch. Yeah. Here. So which I. I totally agree with it and I totally agree in general about uh, 4G, 3G, 5G whatever p- G pitches that you have they should not be allowed it should be all grass and let the beautiful game prosper prof, without the mm. explosion of rubber particles affecting every twist and turn of the ball so Sligo fan Joe O'Callaghan after two Sligo players were injured on the Brandywell Astro in January the FAI told Derry that the Brandywell pitch was unlikely to be fit for elite level soccer beyond 2023 that pitch is relatively new as well prof and absolutely clear that it presents a serious danger right now and has for some time FEI League of Ireland are cutting players' careers putting players' careers in line by allowing it to be uh, used and Kilban Kevin Kilban echoes what I said and he replied turf pitches uh, should not be used at elite level which he means mm. uh, plastic so even, like it's just unnatural every time we say it we know about the unnatural skill <coughs> teams have to adjust to how they play you can't play the beautiful game that you would play on a grass pitch that you would on a turf astro pitch because it's unnatural. Like you could have a beautifully pinged ball, Stafford esque, you could say, pinged over, beautiful ball. It runs out of play, but on a grass pitch, that's gonna go straight to someone's foot, mm-hmm. or they'll have time to run onto it. But the the skill on it, it's unnatural. It's dangerous for players. Totally rip it up, put it in the bin. And Derry might have ruled that pitch this season. It could actually be detrimental to their title chance. Yeah, yeah, it definitely could do, yeah. Um, the Hull City owners closed in on buying a 70% stake in Shelbourne after talks with Dundalk came to nothing as well. So um, Dundalk, or Shells, possibly with a few quid. Duffer probably being told who to play and where to play and what to play might not go down a tree if Hull are looking to offload a couple of youngsters, stick them in the team. Duffer won't have me having that, so that could be interesting. Waterford manager sacked after falling 10 points behind Galway and in goes Keith Long with Alan Reynolds as his assistant leaving his dairy post. It's a strange move, bro. That man is on the move a lot. A Waterford man, though, Reynolds. right? I think he is. Possibly. He's, he's had like three spells there, player so, and manager. Got them to the cup final. Big uh, loss for Derry. 10 years Let's ago. Let's be honest, losing your, mm-hmm. your coach that has... Pretty much brought you to the level that you're at alongside Rory Higgins. It's a big, big mm. loss. No replacement as of yet that I've seen. But a good one. I'm happy with that. Uh, Long is Waterford's eighth manager since Reynolds left in 2020. Mm. Eight managers well. since 2020. You get the impression, though, they have everything in place there. Get fucking my bitch, you bet you fuck. Is this John Walters <laughs> you're doing there? <laughs> oh, I might do him, actually. <laughs> no, but everything in place there. If they get the managerial appointment right, you just know they're going to get promoted. They're going to do well the next season. Yeah. They'll make big signings. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And they'll be on their way. I think this is probably a good appointment though. Ah, it is. The yeah. two lads, if they don't do well, something's wrong. Put it that way. That's the way I feel. Because they, they will. They will. They know football. They'll probably get it right. Might take a season or two. But they will. Um, Longford are only seven, but they're loving Victor down there. Apparently, he's the Midlands Pirlo. And he's running the show down there. <laughs> he's their player of the year so far, apparently. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a Ukrainian player. Who's who's a good Ukrainian player in the middle of the park? I can't think of any. Shevchenko was always the, the number one, wasn't he? And um, Long got off to a good start. 
uh, Waterford beat Harps 7-1. So Dave Rogers having a bit of a mare there. Yeah, and he needs to get off Twitter as well. He's been he? on social media a lot. He made a big apology on Twitter, which is cringy. Uh, his, his account is on private now. Yeah. No surprise there. I, I was only having the, we were having this conversation on the Wack Express on the way home. We were trying to name another manager that has a Twitter <laughs> account and is as active as him. I um, have seen some over the years, Nick Varnon, but not, um, not any as world much football. As, no, he, I've never seen a manager do the whole post-match thanking the fans and we need to do better next week and yeah. all that. I tell you what, you better buy me a point when I go up to Finn Harps when we get them in the cup. No, you're a bar from the burger. P- the, the doghouse. No, the yeah, the bar in Donegal you haven't been in yet. Yeah, you're, you're not allowed in there. I think it's called doghouse. We have to um, pizza and points, please, Dave. Uh, pepperoni, no pineapple. Love this quote from Milner on Dave Rogers. He's a clown on social media. Defo shares pictures of lost dogs from different countries. <laughs> Shared in Dublin. Lost dog in Helsinki. I just I've I've seen that insult before, and it's just it's like the perfect insult to somebody. I bet you. Let's say he follows I don't know Tramir, and he's on a message board, and there who's their rival? I don't know. Let's say he follows Liverpool, and he's on an Everton message board. He's like, yeah, wish Everton all the best, Liverpool fan. <laughs> he's definitely one of them. Oh well, that's a whole other argument. Yeah. Jeez, don't get me started on that. Um, Didn't a Roberts fan like share a missing dog photo from like two years ago on <laughs> Facebook there a while ago? <laughs> it's like it's one of those. Oh god, yeah, Roberts not around anymore, buddy. Uh, I don't know, will miss the rest of the season for me. Well, every time I checked up on him, because you know, I've a habit of being on when you're on live score and you're picking a bet on the weekend, or whatever. I've a habit of going on to clubs like like Fleetwood who have Irish players, and I think it was Exeter, Exeter Oxford who have McGinty there. I just always check if they're starting. McGinty's not getting his M- game. No, no, not at all. Hasn't for weeks. M- MK Dons and Dawson the Boy. Just out of interest, seeing if these Irish players are playing. Oidemont always had unknown illness underneath his injury, so mm. no idea what it is. There's been no elaboration, but we wish him all the best. Hopefully, he gets the. He made his debut, and then it just it just never happened for him. So according to that article, it's a hamstring. Um, he's never good he's only played one game since January so far. Yeah, it's not good. Hopefully, he uh, recovers and he does well because he's a good kid. And um, Jack Bourneprof versus Pats and Jamie Thompson versus Treaty won our men and women's goals of the award of the of the month's award for March. So brilliant stuff from Jack. There's no never gonna be any other winner. Same with Jamie as well, so two crackers. Two um absolute crackers. So Academy results prof first two weeks ago. So all men's teams and all home games at the Roadstone. The Rovers under nineteen's beat Cork three one. 17s were 3-2 winners of UCD and the 15s beat Dundalk 5-2. And the 14s hammered Bowers 7-0. And listen to these goal scorers. Tonk Central, Prof. Richard Ferrazoy. Joel McPhail. Hat-trick for Richard. Alex Snow. Jack Green, Desmond Armstrong. So Jack Green's son of Aaron. Desmond Armstrong, brother of Sinclair. Joel McPhail, son of Stephen. Some very familiar surnames there, Gare, and Green, Green's haunting bows at all age levels. Yeah. <laughs> so five wins out of five last weekend as the 19s won 2-0 and Cove. The Roadstone project is prospering. Prof, the 17s beat Athlone 1-0 at the Roadstone. The 15s and the 14s both hit five goals in their away games against Kildare and Wexford, respectfully. A sole reply from Wexford. Meanwhile, the women's 19s won 1-0 and bows. Prof. Yeah, the future. We're flying here. The future is bright. We're uh, flying here. 
eight Rovers players called up to the Ireland under-19 squad, uh, women's under-19s, for the European qualifiers in Norway. Uh, Jamie included. And uh, we were sitting beside the Dunahoo's in Oriel Park, and the two of them were raving about this goal by McLaughlin. They were insisting I check it out. He scored it for the 17s against UCD, and I was very, very impressed. This Good. Was a, this was a thing of beauty. Where are we going to see this, bro? Uh, I think it's on Facebook, but uh, I'll show you uh, after we record here. But uh, just a thing of beauty, just the way he turns, uh, the skill and the finish. Uh, it was something else. Yes, yeah, so Prof, it's that time I was the quiz master mm-hmm. earlier on. Now I am the quizzy. Is it? Quizzy? Uh, we can make up words. We go quizzy. Yeah. Alright, so here we go. Tuesday trivia. Mark Turner in the chat, lying as usual about his score. Well, he got 70 this week. Yeah, he he's doing 80. that just to kind of, you know, throw us off the sense. Throw off the sense, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're going to go two minutes again. Prof, have you got your time already? I do indeed. And I am about to play this quiz, Prof. Right, so play. Let's go. Here we go. Last Friday was the first time that Rovers won by four goal margin away from Tala since beating which team? Is this a trick again? No, it's no, not a trick. No, it's not. <laughs> Dundalk. Here we go. Yes. Uh, I don't trust you, Prof. What age was Lee Grace when he made his debut in senior football? Oh, 20, 19, 22, 21. He left the army. And I'm going to say 21. No, 22. Oh, a little bit late. Who scored a brace for Rovers 4-0 win? Over Bowes, Daily Man Park in 2016. McKay, Brando, Trevor Clark, Gavin Brennan. It was Brando Mille. Remember it well. Yes. Who was the last Rovers player to score a hat trick at Daily Man Park? Malloy, Feeney, Moyler, McCourt. <gasps> I like this question. Billy Boy. Oh, McCourt, Moyler. I'm going to go Andy Moyler. Guess. Oh, Paddy McCourt. <laughs> the Bray, oh. the famous Bray one. Oh, the Bray one. I, flipped, I thought Bowes. <laughs> uh, which of the players is the closest to 100 league appearances for the club Jack Bourne Sean Gannon Sean Kavanagh Gary O'Neill <gasps> Gary O'Neill has to be because he made his 100 club appearance and you're always on a gun about league no Sean Kavanagh <laughs> Alamannis turns 41 next month which 42 year old keeper returned to make two appearances for the hoops in 82-83 oh Jesus um, Mick Smith Eamon Darcy Paddy Henderson Pat Dunn did we talk about this recently Nope. Pa- Pat Dunn Eamon Sheila Darcy for some reason Eamon Sheila Darcy no Mick Smith struggling here prop where the Rovers played their first home league game of the 1991 season 1990-91 Daily Mount Talca Richmond RDS RDS 1990 no Daily Mount Park first two no. at Daily Mount then RDS oh no what day of the week was Rovers 1-0 defeat at home to Bowes in April 2019 when Trevor Clark and Lee Grace were sent off oh prof stop <laughs> 10 Tuesday, seconds Tuesday Friday, Friday. Uh, it was a Monday it was a Monday no. Uh, wait, oh, hold on. And what referee show Clark and Grace, Rob Harvey, uh, Paul McLaughlin? <laughs> yes. Oh, there's one more. We ripped. 2019 FAI Cup final win. At the, so you finish. At the Aviva Stadium. Anthony Buttermore, Derek Tomney, Tom Conley, Paul Chu. Paul Chu, wasn't it? No. Derek Tomney. Fuck. Prof, edit that one. I don't, <laughs> think, don't think anybody heard that last one. I was asking for the referee. Who refed the FAI Cup final? Derek Tomney. We won the Cup in 2019. Paul Chu, I think, was a... Um, 3-0-10 prop. Paul Chute was retired, yeah. I think. Yeah, so that is... Uh, yeah, a few tricky ones in the middle, as Glenn Dunn said there on Twitter. Yeah, he's dead, right? The Wheats was furious with me over this quiz. Go on. Uh, she did she got an even worse score than you, Gar. Really? So I told her, that relax, Gar will get just as bad a score, and you'll feel better. <laughs> she got two. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so that was it for the trivia. Check it out. Do it. It's on our, it's on our uh, tweets and our Instagram pages every Tuesday. So check it out and uh, quiz with the prof. Probably the worst question there was what day of the week was that 1 0 defeat the Bows? Monday, <sighs> Tuesday. Friday, Sunday. And you're slagging me about my I, quiz earlier on. If you had given me that quiz now, I would have gotten that wrong. I was like, no way was that Tuesday. Yeah. And I remember having a big I crowd as well. Yeah. So the Tiffany's Hotline prop, it is the Glenmalore special. If you've played for a supporters club, this is the one for you. So the questions were as follows. And by the way, Kenny Barrett is on the missing list. Didn't even get back to me on this one. So he's, he's getting called out. So give us your memories of playing in a club supporters teams. How it began and when you joined and what position you played. Glenmore Celtic prof. All the on post rovers lads took it over. Played centre half. Played right full when Pat Tutty was having a stinker. So I had to slot in there. Um, where the team played Aylesbury. Best and worst players. I think I'll, you'll hear this coming up. I can't really say any more. Uh, about the lads great wins or losses favourite win was a 1-0 win Noli speaks about it in the coming ones um, but Noli gets it wrong I'll correct them in a while we won 1-0 they were out celebrating out to win the league won 1-0 out there Northside Shopping Centre brilliant game my favourite game I've ever played in win the win the rain was brilliant nights out trips away every night after we went out probably the three days we spent on the piss after winning the Shield and then the league as well um, brilliant funny characters Mick Clark absolute headbanger I've never met anyone as mad as him but as also as chilled and as cool as him as well uh, Gar McCann barman in the Abbo brilliant character um, Neil Prendergast dirtiest person alive on the football pitch I've never seen as many uh, James Hippo Inzaghi uh, I'll let you take a guess as to what you used to call him that um, funny stories on or off the pitch the, the, the pitch invasion for Bowes at home after the return game when we beat them 1-0 out there it was 2 all should have been abandoned madness um, just just some some brilliant uh, sports link when I can't tell that one sorry uh, brilliant so two just a brilliant time playing football uh, I think one of the good ones was when we diverted the Gary Twig post to collect us after a game so the, I'm nearly sure the Gary Twig post were just watching the end of the game and then full whistle boom gone straight onto it and then off <laughs> on an away trip it was brilliant uh, do you think an All-Ireland League will happen in your lifetime and would you like to see it? No, I don't think it's going to happen and I think it'll cause too much stress and f- it'll fracture the whole... There'll be civil war. I don't think it'll work. European the European places is a big thing as well. It's the European places, that's the big one. Yeah, they're not going to give us six European places. So and how do you how do you scrap a hundred years of, of league history? Does that history just go then? Do you make a new one? I think it will probably... I don't think it's going to work. I'm happy enough the way things are now. I would like to see it. For the betterment of the league, but I, I just don't want to disrupt my football and life for something that we're not even sure was going to be better. Yeah, I would I would like the away trips, but I'm not convinced it would be it would make for a better league. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime. No, no I don't think it's any use. If you're going to Daily Mount Park on Friday week, and are you looking forward to the new stand? Yes, me and the prof are going. We are got some golden tickets. Yeah, look forward to it. Uh, it's made of tinfoil, so. Look forward to fall now. Now it's it's gonna be interesting to see if we can create an atmosphere. Yeah. That's what I'm more interested in. Is that yeah. Des Kelly was always terrible, and I'm interested to see how loud we can get here. I'm just so. looking forward to the novelty of it, I suppose. I'm watching from the side on as well, and just yeah, buzzing. Being for able it. to see the match would be nice. What's your best memory from each end of the ground you stood and sat in over the years? Home games in 2005 included one each. 
Force Ever game was in the Connick Street, so that's always that's Force Ever Derby was there. So I've, that I've never been on that side, yeah. so you're not missing much, Bob. I remember the crowd being massive though. Um, in the away end, uh, brilliant. It was in the corner. Uh, the semi-final in Daly, yeah. in Daly Mount in there that was brilliant the 4-0 uh, Finner's header or Manus's header whoever you want to yeah, say scored Finner's it header, yeah that was my first derby I think we, we were in at the, Daly Mount we were at the corner flag I was sitting yeah. on the barrier at the corner flag just praying it go in and then just brilliant after that um, I've only been in the Jody a couple of times and we didn't win either of them and one was the 4-0 defeat under Kenny yeah, I left. so I have nothing but bad memories of the Jody yeah um yeah, so good ones there. Uh, sold out signs going up on the grounds. All across both divisions as a fan, do you think there's a realistic solution to get more supporters into the grounds? Examples being resale, absence season tickets, temporary stands, stuff like that. I think we'll give Bose credit. They did put up a temporary stand. They've done something. They've remedied their situation. I think you could copy or mimic other clubs who... Well, you say they've remedied their situation. Momentarily. We only have 450 tickets. Yeah, but we're getting get twice more. that in the away That's stand. their situation. They've remedied their situation. Realistically, our mm. situation is fucked. They've bettered their own club by increasing their own attendances, getting mm. more fans in for themselves. But I thought your question was pointed at away support as well. Oh yeah, no, but in general, yeah, no, it do it is like that. But in general, they could, yeah. But listen, that's poses an anomaly because there's no love lost there between us. Mm. But I think reselling absent season tickets could be definitely something we could mimic someone else. Celtic, I know Man United do it. That's something you could do. Resetting absence. So you, for oh, okay. example, let's say me and you are going away. Someone's on holidays, yeah. And we'll say, here's our two tickets there. How many would you be talking there, though? I don't know. But it's somewhere. It's something you can start on. Um, infrastructure, ultimately, is the problem. Infrastructure is the problem. We've been saying it for years. You need to go on and you need to have a massive, massive investment. Somewhere along the lines of Greyhound investment. That type of money, millions and millions. That's when yeah. we won't see it in our lifetime, unfortunately. It's a tricky one to answer, but it just it's it's coming to a head this season in particular because the crowds just keep going up, and we don't have the grounds to accommodate them. Do you have a celebrity doppelganger? We did this one before, Prof. Um, what's pissing you off lately? Doesn't have to be football related. Um, I think the divide in society that has been created by the government that has really pissed me off lately. Um. The whole divide and conquer thing that they've created where they'll I'll give you an example. I think the eviction ban was closely followed by a decision about trans rights and that so they they'll create one horrible situation with the eviction ban and then they'll have something just as controversial to take your to take your the watchful eyes off of that one and to an, an even more sensitive issue as well. So that's this current government. I that's I hate talking about politics. Even in, we get talking about it in general, but it's it's a horrible thing that the government are currently doing with the eviction ban in particular. And um, there's been no real explanation as to why they've they've mm. done this. So that's something that's really pissing me off. And it's more so the the hatred that people have for each other who don't even know each other. And it's all down to what the government they're doing, and they are dividing the people. I think I hate it, and they. Like I said, I we're not, I, we were never really political before, Prof, yeah. but I know which way I'm voting. I don't think I can even answer this question now because it's not really... It's loosely related to what you just talked about. Yeah. It's just more so... It's it's the rhetoric online of people who don't agree with each other and have totally opposing views. And now you have to fall 
firmly on either this side of the line or firmly on this side of the line and it's just a mess yeah another thing that's annoying me is Elon Musk's Twitter he has fucked it do you notice that the the icon is now a dog it's shit yeah I know I do I don't mind that no no but what is that dog I don't know where'd the bird go he keeps popping up but ever since he took over Twitter it's fucking shy it's gone to Instagram Um, rovers can't put a post up without some young one showing our baps (laughs) what is going on every time there's like hey see what you like the quiz will go up like what you see or it's one nil at half time and they'll be like one reply hidden and you you go to click show and you're like this is going to be porn yeah yeah. and then you click and it's like yeah it's porn yeah so that's pissing me off Um. So we're spreading this over two episodes. Next week you'll hear about the eighties era when the early noughties team. Uh, but part one is dedicated to the current Clemmelor team and the previous Clemmelor Rovers with a bonus Jason Maloney story from Germany in the nineteen nineties. So here it is, Tiffy's Hotline Part One. We have Pat Tutty, Paul Cavanagh, Neil Prendergast, Noel O'Brien, Tommy Kelly, and Woolly. Hello, Gary. Hello, Carl. Patrick Tutty here. Thanks for having me on. Um, I suppose I have to come on. You've been begging me for long enough, Gar. Um, give us your memories of playing the club support teams. Yeah, great times. Brilliant, brilliant times. I think that I think Lemelo Rovers originally set up. I'm open to correction on this. It was maybe 2009, 2010, something around there. Um, I was playing in the AOL time, Sunday leagues in the AOL Premier B. And um, there were good leagues and all that type of stuff, but I just, I just didn't want to play Sunday football anymore. I was a young man going out Saturday nights, you know how it is, and waking up with hangovers playing football. So I decided to play Saturday, and I think I got a phone call off James Moore and Neil Prendergast. Um, they were kind of taking over things at the time. And um, I decided to go up. Brilliant. We played out of Elsie Park there, up in Tallaby Train, up in the Postal Grounds. Um, all the lads were great lads. I think it's important when you're playing football, no matter what level you're playing, that you have a good, a good squad of characters there to get on with each other, and that's what kind of helps it, gives it longevity, you know. Um, we had some great players. All the lads are good footballers. There was no poor lads there. There was no lads who couldn't kick snow off at all, like you know. Um, Ross Tade, fantastic striker, strong, fast, got all our goals. Neil Prendergast himself, really, really good. Fine player, uh, Key Pody, Gary Parsons. Gary Parsons was a fine centre half back in the day when he was skinny and had a better haircut than he has now. Um, I haven't really got any funny stories on or off the pitch. Um, on nights out, we just had anytime we went out on nights out together, it was great crack. Um, they really were, they were great characters to be around, great squad of players. Um, our great wins, our great wins. I think we won two legs and a shield. Um, I remember we were playing a team called Orchard Celtic in the final of the League Shield out in Sportsink, out in um, I think it's Sanctuary there, our town area, Northside anyway. Um, and we were losing one nil with I think ten minutes to go, and we got an equaliser, and then Kenny Barrett came off the bench and scored with the last kick of the game. So you can imagine what the uh, the scenes are like back then, but they were great times. They really were. Um, it was a pity it all kind of fell apart in the end but that's just the way it goes and um, regards in all Ireland league i'd love to see it happen 
but the only thing stopping them all running league is the politics between the IFA and the FAI in my opinion. Um, obviously teams will lose, don't be as many Champions League spe- uh, places, Europa League places and all that type of stuff, so you can kind of understand where teams are coming from as well, but in all other league would be great, really would. Um, I'm not looking forward to going to Damon Park on Friday week because it's a fucking kip. It was always a kip and it always will be a kip. Um, they have a new stand and stuff, as you said there, but they're... Who cares? It's a, kip, a kip is a kip, like, you know. Um, some good memories of Daily Mount over the years. I've been down to Daily Mount since the early 90s. Um, Jesus, off the top of my head. I think the Tony beat them 4 0 a few years ago. Um, I think Gavin Brennan's got a cracker. And um, that was a great, that was brilliant. That was that one that stands out. I remember um, an incident many years ago where uh, Rovers fans ran across the pitch, stormed the Storm the home end, but that's why we're only promoting violence on the podcast, do we? Um, regards, the only thing I can think of regards um, the increase in attendance is not type of stuff to keep people going. Uh, the only solution to get more support on the ground, it might sound like an obvious solution, it's just they have to just build better grounds. And the demand is there now, I know it's easier said than done. Um, the demand is there now to go and Go to the councils, and go to the government, all that type of stuff, and ask for investment. And I haven't got a celebrity doppelganger now, not that I know of, anyway. Um, no, I definitely haven't. I see some ugly fucker. Um, what's pissed me off lately? There's a lot of stuff pissed me off lately. Gary Parsons um, asked me to go on the podcast. Really, really pissed me off, but like I said, I bite the bullet and come on. Um, cheers for having us lads all the best to the podcast it's a great L service and send that fee on girl yeah thanks very much so my memories of playing in the original Glenmalore Rovers uh, supporters team so I remember it uh, started in the summer of 2006 and it was uh, during the World Cup that was held in Germany that year so basically, yeah, I heard at the matches, at the Rovers matches, that there was a team starting up and, you know, went down training. Uh, the training started off in Bushy Park, if I remember remember correct. Um, yeah, and it went from there. So we done a few training sessions, there was loads of lads came down. And the lads in charge at the time, they basically formed the squad and put us into the league. Um, the team was based uh, in Aylesbury, on the Aylesbury pitches there in Talla, not far from the stadium. Um, so it was handy for for a good few of the lads, as a good few of us were, uh, were living in Talla, or are living in Talla. Um, my position on the team, generally in midfield. If I wasn't in midfield, I was on the bench. <laughs> um, maybe some of the players then yeah so best and worst players i won't comment on worst players best players um a lot of players went through the club so it's, it's actually a hard question most of the players were, were quite good some of the players were were excellent some of the best players eddie mcgrath and paul mcgrath and um, neil prendergast um 
there was a striker called Ross, I can't remember his second name. Uh, Pat Hoodie. Um Yeah, but there was, there was so many players there. Gar McCann, yeah, from the Abbey Court. There's so many players, it's, it's the tough question. Um, I suppose some of the good memories then from maybe matches, nights out, trips away. So yeah, the Aberley, the Aberley, I suppose, sponsored their kit. And we used to have some good nights over there. We used to have awards nights. We'd go over maybe after, you know, a couple of hours after games on a Saturday and meet up and go out for the night there. Um, one great memory was a, a trip away after a home game. So we played, played a home match, but it was already arranged to go and watch uh, Rovers and at loan away in the FAI Cup so as I said we played our game on the Saturday and then there was a bus organised from a Heron's pub in Talla so we all went home had to wash something to eat met up in a Heron's had a point onto the bus down to Atlone and it was brilliant um, from memory Rovers were losing in the game with about five or ten minutes to go and we came back at one to one and uh, we thought we were going to win the cup that year actually um went back then to the Aberley court as usual and uh, it was probably my favorite day with Glenmalore Rovers um another one was uh, I think it was either the first or second season we had a cup game and uh, we actually won it on penalties, and a good few Rovers fans came out to watch us in Aylesbury. Um, I think uh, Jason and Johnny Maloney, some other lads from Ballyferme, um, Shane Nolan. Um, there, was, there was a good few Rovers fans there. We won the we we won the cup tie, and then a few of us off the team, um, Eddie McGrath certainly. Um, and a couple of others, we went into a Rovers Legends night in the Burlington. So it was kind of a, I think it was a black tie affair and all this. And again, it was another brilliant day and brilliant night out then. Um, <laughs> some funny things about the club and characters. Oof, again, probably too many to mention and some I can't mention. But suppose funny characters... Um, James Moore, Ao Prendergast, uh, Eddie again, um, and there's probably too many. It's it's it's, a, it's too hard to answer. <laughs> um, so regarding an All Ireland League, I think it will happen in my lifetime, and I certainly would like to see it. Yeah, because I think if if you could have. Uh, especially with the top division and elite division with teams from the 32 counties, I think it can bring the quality up and it would also be good for going to maybe to decentralise away from Dublin and go up to other, see other teams in, in, in uh, other parts of the country. Um, I don't have a ticket as it stands for Bohemians away next week. Uh, so regarding the new stand, don't have many thoughts on it. I think the whole ground just needs to be demolished and redone. Simple as that. Um, my best memories from Daily Mount through the years watching Rovers. 
it would have to be the two games away in the Cup Trilogy from, I think it was 1994. Um, I think the first game was on a Sunday afternoon and it was a big crowd. The replay was in the RDS, but the second replay in Daily Mount was on the following Friday night. I think there was about 15, maybe 18,000 at it. And um, yeah, that's a great memory. Um, it's a really, really good uh, atmosphere under the lights. Um, what's pissing me off lately? <laughs> uh, nothing much, to be honest. Um, I'd like Rovers Farm to improve. That's the only thing that comes to mind. Um, yeah, so that's some of my thoughts on Rovers League of Ireland and uh, the original Glenmalore Rovers. Neil Prendergast, Tifty's Hotline. Memories of playing and managing with Glenmalore supporters, how it began. Well, it began back in the day when Eddie McGrath and my uncle Eamon were managing uh, the, the team. They used to ask me out here and there for to help them out. I would normally play centre midfield or centre forward. More centre forward when I'd be running around kicking everything that me over. And poor Eddie McGrath had to get me out of all sorts of controversy. Fair play to the big man. He really looked after me. I didn't play that much before. I was asked to manage the side as they were on the verge of folding. Um, and like most good arguments with my uncle Eamon over a few late night points, he called me a bluff. So there it was, myself, my cousin James and my uncle Leo took over the running of the club. Um, the team was based in Talla, Aylesbury Park. And Diabo was where the points had took place most Saturday evenings. Best and worst players. Well, in my time at the club, so many good players played for us. Uh, Kenny Barrett, Darren Egan, Steve Barrett, Ian Lowry as a banger. <laughs> We even had Gary McCann looking like Roberto Carlos running up and down that left flank. But if I was the single one player out in my time, it'd have to be Ross Tate. Scored goals for fun and was just an all-round great player. Never gave up some engine. Unbelievable to watch. Worst players. <laughs> Am I allowed to say Gary Parsons? No, I joke. Gary could play also when he wanted to or when he was in a bad mood, preferably. I will give the worst player award to James Mordo. He's a terrible footballer, but he did get the odd goal here and there and was great for the club. So that will probably keep the slagging to a minimum. Great wins. Well, there's two wins for me, um, to be honest. Uh, the first one will be the Shield final, beating a good Orchard side who batted us in the league twice. Um, with practically the last kick of the game, Super Sub Kenny Barrett came on uh, with the first touch uh, back of the net. Great sense, great occasion, great session after it as well. Number two, winning the league in the playoff against St. Anne's. The game was 4 all after extra time and it went into penalties. Noli O'Brien was the hero on the day. He was a man of his word. He told me if we scored all our penalties, he would save one. And guess what? The big man did. After that game, the celebrations went on for about three days. It was absolutely brilliant. Nights out or, no, or, or weekends away. Uh, we had one or two late nights over the years. Always a great session with this bunch, um, some really lovely guys. Just as well the club became a family orientated club or most of us would have gotten the boot by the missus. The Abbot was great to us back in the day, but I guess they had to be with all the wives, cousins, uncles, aunties and the odds around them are sitting with us. Some really good times. 
Maybe a, a regret was not having a weekend away or a night away even with this bunch. But to be honest with you, probably better off or we'd be locked up with some of the messers in the club. Characters. Again, loads of good guys, loads of good characters in uh, with, this, with this bunch. But to be honest, most of the mess and the most of the, the crack was around Key Pordy. The fellow was mental on the pitch, mental off the pitch, and absolutely brilliant on a night out. Funny stories on or off the pitch. Well, I keep, guess I'll keep it on the pitch um, so I don't incriminate anyone. The day of the playoff final, the game was 3 all with about two minutes to go. St. Anne's broke from our corner. I think it was 5 on 2 or 4 on 1, something like that. Darren Egan made a foul inside our half. Um, the centre forward went to take the free kick quickly, but Keith Pordy blocked it and kicked the ball away. All hell broke loose. The linesman, the ref, everybody was in tears laughing. As Keith Pordy wasn't even playing, he was a spectator because he was suspended for getting sent off in the last game of the season. Um, it was a moment of genius by Keith Pordy and something I'll never ever forget. It was brilliant. And probably helped us compose ourselves and go on and win the game. All over the lake. Will it happen in my lifetime and do I want to see it? I'm not sure if it will uh, personally. I think the sides up the north are not as good as Rovers, Derry, etc. I feel on paper it will be great, but then you have the whole European side of it and the money, etc, etc. I just don't see the Nordies going for it, which is a pity. But look, to be honest with you, it is what it is. Do I want to see it? Again, on paper it sounds great and looks great, but to be honest, I don't really care. If it happens, it happens. Once Rovers are doing well, and continue to play the decent stuff that they are. That's all that I really care about. Am I going to Daily Mount Park? And am I looking forward to seeing the stand? Unfortunately, I'm not going to Daily Mount on Friday. As I didn't get a ticket, which is a good complaint really. That the tickets are selling out so fast. But look, let's be honest about it. Rovers never fail to bring a decent support away from home. You could give us an endless amount of tickets and we go close to selling them out. To be honest, I'm not even sure if I did go, um, I could, because my little fella would go absolutely bananas. He's uh, hooked on Rovers at the minute, and I wouldn't like to disappoint him, to be honest. Personally, don't give a rat's about the stand in Daily Mount. My view on Daily Mount is it's a kip, it always has been a kip, and it always will be a kip. Memories from each part of the ground I sat and stood in. To be honest, I'd have to go with the, at the start, the first one would have to be the Sligo game in Tallinn. It was a great occasion, the energy, the chats, the stories from my dad, my uncle, and just random people. It was unreal. All the lads reliving uh, Roberts from when they were younger. It was great to see and listen to. The stand was buzzing on the day. Um, all you could hear was people saying, we're back, Rovers are back, we're back. And what the club have done since then and continue to do, is absolutely brilliant. Second is last year in the South Stand. It was my, fun, my son's first Dublin Derby versus Bowes. And to be honest, I had mixed emotions bringing him, as I know what uh, comes with this game. But thankfully, Rovers won the game and the look in his face was priceless. He was absolutely hooked. And he has been ever since. Same way I was all those years ago when my own old man took me. Right, with sold out signs going up across both divisions, as a fan, is there a realistic solution to get more fans into the grounds? 
To be honest, I'm not sure if there is, but if the league keeps going the way it is, clubs will have to think of something. This year and, and previous years, the standard of football has been great. And it definitely shows with sold out grounds. And hopefully it just gets better and better and goes from strength to strength. And the powers that be provide additional funding to all clubs. And let, but let's be honest about it. Do we really see that happening? I don't. Do I have a celebrity lookalike? I do indeed, and I think most of you will agree, I'm an absolute ringer for Brad Pitt. But to be honest, the lads like to throw out the Hardy Hill call after a few points. Not really uh, digging that one. I think the Brad Pitt is uh, a better call, to be honest. What's pissing me off lately? With this question, lads, I could be here all night. But I'll keep it short and sweet. I have to say, the majority of commentators on RTE, etc. are sometimes unbearable and very hard to listen to. I always ask, how can they be as bad as they are? And consistently contradict themselves over and over. It's very frustrating considering the majority of these guys have played the beautiful game. And I think they should make more sense and be more consistent in their calls. Okay, guys. That's me. Thanks very much. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, all the best in the future with the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. And most importantly, keep on helping. How's it going, lads? Uh, Ollie O'Brien here. Um, memories of supporters club team would have to be Glenmore Rovers, the original one, um, 2004-2005 we started that off, um, like this year's Glenmore team we started with a load of Rovers fans getting together, the years before Tally, um, it was mostly word of mouth, um, we first started training in Bushy Park and everyone knew each other, um, we end up getting a pitch at Aylesbury, playing our home matches out there. Um, Eamon Prendergast was our first manager, big Rovers fan, big Rovers family as well. Um, Eddie McGrath was our captain. Uh, we were about six or seven years, I'd say maybe even eight years together, a couple of runners-up spots, um, cup win, won a league as well. Uh, it was brilliant times. Um, like the new Glenmore, we had a huge rover support on the sidelines as well, watching us. And so the best player we probably had down would have been Brian Bourne, um, who played won a league with Dundalk and played for us and Shells. And he wasn't long finished League of Ireland, and one of the lads was related to him, some sort of an in-law. And he came down and played for us, and we were in one with lower divisions at the time, but Jesus, he was head and shoulders above everyone in the league, like. Absolutely, playing centre half for us, he wasn't going down banging goals, but got picked for the league's select team and that one. Yeah, hands down, he would have been the best player on that squad. Yeah, it was it was a, a real it was a real social club as well. But um, it was it was great times with some good characters there. Now um, I'm sorry to leave anyone out here, but uh, Kenny Barrett, Steve Barrett, our very own Gary P there, his in-law Jamar. Neil Prendergast, Aaron Prendergast, Kieran Prendergast, probably a few more Prendergast there as well. Um, Verve, lads from Tala, Cavo, Paul Heffron. Um, oh yeah, really good times. Um, sponsored by the Abley Court. So we used to go back to the Abley after every match, be in our club tracksuits, and uh, should the match would finish, we'd be getting there about half five, six. We'd end up in the uh, level four in our tracksuits, muck still on our knees. Uh, brilliant times though. Um, 
played in every position on that team. Uh, won the league, was in goal for the year. Goalkeeper went away, ended up getting in goal. But uh, some funny stories, I suppose. We I went in as chairman and uh, Paul Heffron went in as secretary and Chef went in as the treasurer. Because I had to go in uh, to get the registration forms to do a meeting in town. And I think we were three years in, three or four years in, and I was talking to the secretary of the league, and he says, uh, we're at the putting the a new bowl supporters team into our league. Uh, it'll be great, it'll be great. It'll be, I think it'll be a great rivalry between us. I was thinking, more than idiot. Went back, rang the lads, as a bowl, bowl supporters team after coming into the league. So uh, I think it was 2008 or 2009. They, had, uh, they were flying in the league themselves, bowls. And um, so we played them. We played them the home game up in Aylesby. Jeez, we got a huge crowd of Rovers fans. And uh, <laughs> I won't. I won't mention any names. But uh, one of the old lads that was there put his walking stick out and uh, tripped up that winger when he was going down the line. And there was all sorts of red mortar. We um, I think we drew that game. So we had to play them out there. They played in a, a sports club team. They played out in Coolock, right in the middle of a housing estate. And Bowles had won the league the night before, and we had to play them the next morning. And we were standing, we went up to the the the, the pitch, and the match had just kicked off. I was in goal actually, and um, I just heard loads of Bowles singing. It was like 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 a house party emptied, and it was all Bowles fans who were coming down to get their own way back from the from the Aylesbury. <sighs> Stop! But uh, we get out of there in one piece. I think we won the game one 0 but yeah, there was plenty of abuse going on the line, so. Oh, really good times, and the best look at it, to the new Glen Rural lads. Um, hope to keep the name going on that. Um, do I think there'll be an All Ireland League? No, I don't. Not in my lifetime. I'll tell you why. There's too much money to lose. Um, so it's giving up the European spots. So I don't. They'd have to do something on that. Um, too many. Too much money. Too much power. If the if the if these doubled up the European spots it's never going to happen though like it'd be unfair on other countries you know um, I suppose Friday am I looking forward to going to the new stand uh, Daily Mount's a kip isn't it though um, like the Derby though isn't it um, love leaving the ground with a win I suppose memories of Daily Mount plenty of them um, the shed side I suppose watching balls run out and the lads coming back to the opposite end of the hero uh Heroes reception. It was, it was one of the good times. Uh, the Jody stands sticks out. Probably bad year that when we were there. When we were in there as supporters. Uh, Paddy McCourt comes to mind. Um, Connex Tree side. I suppose the best game would have been at now. Well, one of the best games, one of the best memories was the uh, when we were in the fourth division and we beat them in the cup. It was the last 16. That was brilliant. Obviously the pig's head days. Jeez, we used to pull some crowds on that kind of street side. Uh, what is doppelgangers? What do we look like? Yeah, Jesus. How long have we got here? Um, in the job they call me Jimmy Nail. I was Peter Crouch when I was playing football. I had the bit of hair. Um, Phil Neville. Actually, I didn't think of it now. Actually. Imagine combining the three of them. That's one ugly human being. What are you trying to say? Uh, things piss me off at the moment. I'm doing this. 
on a Sunday, but I suppose if I, I was going to when I read the question before the game there Friday night, it would have been fans moan about our results. I'm not giving the time, like not having the trust in the team. Like, this team and the management brads are Glenn and that, they always nothing. They absolutely always nothing. Uh, three league titles. No matter what happens, like fans just keep it cool, like keep a cool head, trust in the system. Like. Alright, thanks lads. I think that's all the questions covered. Cheers. How's it going? Tommy Kelly here on the Tiffany's Hotline. So give us your memories of playing in club supporters teams. How it began when you joined and what position you played? How it began. I'm sure you've heard the fucking story hundreds of times. But it started during lockdown. Um I think we were actually in this in the in your group chat still at the time, Gar, myself and Tutty. We're trying to set up a football team and uh, it was fucking slow, very slow. And then Chester obviously was having his kickabout down in uh, Sundrive Park. And we went down, had a kickabout and then just put it to Chester about setting up a football team from it. Uh, and the reaction was fucking huge, huge. We tore the odd names on the first night. Um, so that's how it began. That's how Glen Malore was born. Glen Malore, 2.0 um, and then I suppose I went down to play in goal but then when we seen Robbie O'Raw I just said no fuck that I'll take I'll take a back seat we couldn't get a manager in so I ended up managing but in the meantime I did actually have to play a couple of games in goal we were fucking dirt last year before Christmas we were bottom of the league and then of course I stepped in on me away for fucking Goalkeeping coach and Leicester's with the we went on a twelve game unbeaten run. I was in goal for the first five. I think we won all five and only conceded two goals. And Kieran Stafford wasn't too happy when uh, we were five 0 up in the game and I conceded a goal. I called them all bastards. But uh that was my level of coaching. Uh the team was based at our Walkinstown Park or the Lions Den as it's now known. Um Awful, awful pitch. Shocking to play on. But not many teams like going there. Uh, <laughs> best and worst players. Uh, I can't really comment on the worst players because some of them are still there at the moment. <laughs> best players. One fucking really, really, really good player is not at the club at the moment. Lukey Bourne. My God, what a footballer. I don't think he even realises how good he is. Some of the performances he put in. He's that shy. Come off the pinch. And fucking apologise to you. Madness. Madman. Not playing football at all anymore. It's a fucking sin. Currently, at the moment, Josh Quigley, uh, Richie Dunn's nephew. My God. A fucking Rolls Royce of a centre half. Only a kid. He's only 18 or 19. Um, and Shane Hanrahan, who we got from Tamlock in the middle of the park. Absolutely unbelievable players. There's a serious squad there at the moment, actually. You could go on and on with that. Uh, Nights out or trips away. We've never had a trip away. Never had a decent away trip. We didn't. We got a team from Cavan in the cup and was played in Walking Sound. But we had another team from Ennis Gordy. Home draws well. We were praying for away draws, but we go piss up with with the team from Ennis Gordy in the cherry tree. But a night out. Uh, I think we had our Christmas party, our end of season party last year, and had Chris from Erin Gabra. Jesus, what a fucking night. 
we were like fucking, we were running the club like Roman Ivanovich had took over, paying 500 quid for musicians and fucking food for everybody. Carnage, fucking brilliant night up. Funny characters. Club is full of them. Absolutely full of them, but obviously everyone knows Ricky's a bit of a fucking character. Uh, he's just fucking mental. Chester's funny. Uh, funny stories on and off the pitch. There's a, <laughs> there's a couple from on the pitch already. I'll never forget the day we were playing Pavi Celtic. Obviously worked that one out ourselves, but we were two one down at half time. And I, I, I've never achieved anything with Glenmore. That's that's actually a big regret, leaving and never having having achieved anything. But to the outside world, I never achieved anything. But this this day was actually is going on my CV. We were two one down to Pavi, and I got the boys in at half time, and I, I actually went the second goal, and then I smashed all the match balls away into the park, into the forest, smashed them all about trees and fucking into rivers and all. Got the boys in, sat them down, ran a muck. Oh, jeez, it was carnage. We went back out and won. Got it to got it to 2-2 and got a last-minute winner. My God, the fucking scenes. We treated ourselves to ice cream at the end of the game then. There was an ice cream van outside. Uh, but during that game, during that game, Dan Sage was on, hands down on his knees, bent over, hunkered over the middle of the park. I said, hey, Sage, you okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I'm just fat. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck me, you couldn't write some of the stuff in, in some of the match days that used to go on. Uh, do you think an all-earning league will happen in your lifetime and would you like to see it? I'd like to see it uh, for obvious reasons. I think it it would only help with the standard of football, the attendances. The stadiums would have to improve. Um, do you think it will happen? <laughs> Literally, let's not mention the war. If you're going to Daily Mount Park on Friday week, you're looking forward to the new stand. Not going. Um, I'd have the kids, but be looking forward to wrecking the new fucking stand if I was. No, only joking. Uh, what is your best memory of each end of the ground you've stood or sat in over the years? Ooh, my best memory would probably have to be Graham Bork's fucking volley. The one that came from the throw in, we were right behind it. I think it was Stanley used that me. When he let go across his body and smashed it into the top corner against Mladen Boleslav. Uh, that or the SK Brand game, probably. With sold out signs going up in grounds all across both divisions as a fan, do you think it's a realistic solution to help get more supporters into grounds? Examples. <sighs> Reselling absent season ticket holders. I'm going to skip that question because it's a. Uh, it's something that gets me fucking annoyed. Do you have a celebrity doppelganger? Any person you're friends with? This, this is a stitch-up. This was put in. This doesn't get asked to everybody else. Not a fucking chance. He's waiting for me to say about the Sean Dyche one, yeah? Yeah, cunts telling me I look like Sean Dyche. Uh, but I had one before that. Some cunt used to go to school. He used to call me Max Brannan. Bastards. What's pissing you off lately? Doesn't have to be football-related. I suppose the only thing pissing me off lately is Rovers results. Uh, not the level of performance by any means, but the fucking results. I think we've just been unlucky in some games as well. But fans' lack of understanding of the game. Mother of fucking God. Like the, our style of players won us fucking three leagues. 
Um, and I, t- I genuinely think it'll win us another league. But you're standing in them stands and we pass teams off the pitch. That's been our way. Yeah, I do bemoan a lack of plan B myself sometimes. But when you're hearing the youngfellas behind you saying, just fucking pump along a half an hour into a game. Fuck my life. The amount of newbies in the south stand is a bit fucking... Pisses me off sometimes as well. Uh, other than that, I'm just me. I'm just happy, you know. You know me, easy going. Nothing, get annoyed at nothing. Uh, thanks very much, lads, for asking me to come on to the show. Anyway, all the best. KOH. All right, lads, what's the story? It's Woolly here. Um, been asked to give my memories of playing with Glamour Rovers. Uh, I don't think my voice makes for. Um, a good voice for podcasts so apologies if I put people to sleep but I'll give it a go um, how my journey with Glenmalore began I suppose uh, the core lads who kicked off the, the team when it reformed two years ago they'd been meeting in Sundrive Park um, but it wasn't until they moved up to walk into Town Park that I joined uh, I, I wanted to go up at the time because uh, I wanted to get back playing football um, but I also wanted to meet more Rovers fans on account of a good mate of mine who I went to Rovers with, Eric Scanlon, he moved to Egypt. And my brother, uh, who also went to Rovers with Oren, uh, he moved down the country for work for a bit, for a year or so. So it was kind of caught in no man's land in terms of going to games. Ended up going by myself for kind of very infrequently if I didn't meet more Rovers fans. So that was a real driver um, to go up. But I was humming and hawing about going up, to be honest. Um, but eventually my partner, Alva, told me to get the fuck out of the house and go up to walk and sound and stop a niner about a decision so um, yeah it was a brilliant decision and uh, I really enjoyed my time up there I've played in a good few positions for Glenmalore um, but my main position is number 6 just breaking up the play if you could think of like a low level Sunday league version of Lee Cattermall that's me except even worse than that um, I don't bring much to the table but that's that's the type of player I am. Um, the best player I've seen up there is probably Jamie Doyle. He was only with us for a short while, um, but he lifted the whole team, and he's an absolute gent as well. Couldn't meet, meet a nicer chap, but a brilliant footballer, really, really top-tier footballer. Um, Daniel Sage as well, who played with us last year and was playing this year until he got injured. He's a super footballer as well, just really top quality. His feet are like hands. He could rifle the ball into him from any angle and he just take it on his horn and away he goes. Um, yeah, just always just fascinated and impressed whenever playing alongside him. Um, I have to give a special mention as well to players like Hanno, Shane McCarthy, Josh Quigley, Dano and Aaron O'Brien, Owen Leonard and James McCormick. All really good footballers. Um, you give it their all and yeah, just always very impressed by lads who are composed on the ball and and show for the ball. That's real bravery in my mind. Like loads of anybody can smash into a tackle. Like the worst footballer in the world can do that. But you know, real bravery of real good footballers are people who who show for a pass and look to take the ball between the lines and um get on it when there's players on their back. Like that's they're the best footballers to play with. Um, the worst player I've seen up there. Well, there was this absolute roster from Carlo called Owen Ryan. Don't know if you know him. Also known as Woolly. Um, I have to be honest here I'm, I'm not a great footballer probably one of the worst up there but I give it me all tackle lads with my head all that sort of jazz so um, yeah I give it a good go if I had two heads for feet I might have made a decent footballer but sure what can you do um, 
the best results or the ones that stand out most for the club so far. Um, we'll stick to the best two, to two wins and just keep it all positive. Um, but one that stands out is our our first league game in the UCFL last season. We beat Parmesan four two in Walking Sound. We were three two up and they were laying siege to our goal for the last ten minutes. Um, but we broke away and what happened then is etched into my mind and it will be forever Ricky Keegan was put in with a true ball and he chipped it over the on-rushing keeper an absolute brilliant goal um, but the scenes were unbelievable players, sub-supporters all on the pitch like a 96 minute for Rovers out in Tallaght, just people just going mad um, the next game that sticks out was only a fortnight ago actually um, and it sticks out for similar reasons um, we beat Tom Luck in the MMI Cup quarter final manager Tommy Kelly had to step away due to work and family commitments and it was a big loss because you know Tommy helped found the club and he was a great friend and he was a great manager to everyone so we all wanted to win the game for him and also for his brother Andrew who stepped in to manage the team uh, for the game and for the rest of the season we went 1-0 down but the team really rallied it's something serious um, Dan O'Brien scored a brilliant goal from a well-worked free kick he did a swan dive celebration in the middle of the pitch then and um, and Owen Leonard got the winner. A brilliant ball from out wide from Aaron O'Rourke was met with a diving header at the back post by Owen. There was absolute scenes after that. Just to pile up in the corner of the pitch. Uh, subs, supporters, everyone, management, all out on the pitch. Um, it was fantastic. Like, And it's wins like that that make, make it all worth it. Uh, winning with your friends, you, you can't beat that. You can't put a price on it. Um, characters at the club. I'm sure people won't be surprised to know that probably the best character at the club is without without Conor Foley. Not only, only is he one of the funniest fellas you could ever meet, but he's an absolute gentleman as well. When you see Foley up a trend or a match day, you just know it's going to be a good day. Um, and he's a good footballer too. We'll always remember him playing 120 minutes in the cup game against Blackrock last season before Sligo away. Uh, we won 2-1 with a goal in extra time, but it was a brilliant, brilliant day. And Foley had a great game in fairness to him. An All-Ireland League. Um, firstly, I'd love seeing All-Ireland League. I think it would generate great interest in club football across the country and just lift it to the next level. Whether it'll happen or not is another thing. Um, I'm not so sure. If I'm being honest, football in the League of Ireland is ahead of, ahead of the Irish Premiership at the moment. Now, I'm sure that would even out after a few years. But in the short term, the clubs up there could see it as a case of turkeys voting for Christmas in terms of losing their European places. Um, also... In the Irish Premiership, they're playing winter football. And I don't think there's an appetite amongst League of Ireland clubs or supporters to go back to a winter game. In short, I'd like to see it. Um, but I think the clubs in the Irish Premiership would oppose it out of fear, if I'm being perfectly honest. Daily Mount memories. Um, I won't be in Daily Mount on Friday due to the reduced allocation, unfortunately. Um, I do think a stand with a roof on it. Um, the new away stand is better than an open terrace or an open stand. But 450 tickets for uh, away fans is the lowest allocation in the league. It's an absolute joke. It's a pity boys can't get their house in order and get the ground sorted. Maybe they can sell it again. I'm old enough to remember them selling it twice before, so that could always be an option to them. Um, best Daily Mount memories. I have to say, last season, hammered them um, 3-1. Uh, was a brilliant day. Three goals own goals from former Rovers player and then goals from former Bowes players it was hilarious um, and just to carry on before the match as well it was just brilliant like if you add into that the tide of tears coming from the board fans and boards board afterwards over um, 
over the scenes before the game with flares and whatnot. Like just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, but I don't think anybody, me especially, I can't really look past the 2019 FA Cup semi final win. The goal from a corner wasn't a corner, beating them in their own backyard to get, get to the cup final. And it all has to be looked at in the context of then going on to win the cup. Um, so that one, that one was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. A solution to get more supporters into grounds. <clears throat> I think reselling is a possibility, especially if you provide a virtual season ticket for people on their phones where they can send it to someone for one game. Like it can be hard sometimes to get a physical ticket to someone at short notice if something pops up and you can't make a game. Um, and once or twice when I haven't been able to go to a game, I haven't been able to get my ticket to someone. It's just gone to waste. Um, <clears throat> temporary stands are also a solution for increasing capacity, but temporary stands cost a fair bit of money too. I think a lot of clubs need to stop prioritising the urgent over the important, and there needs to be medium to long term strategies in place for clubs and their grounds. Investment in facilities is, is well needed, and anybody who goes to some away grounds, will, any Rovers fans who go to away ground, grounds will testify to that. Um, look, all grounds can have their own bit of charm as well, and you don't want to lose that as well in terms of of investment or, or upgrading the facilities. But clubs need to look at things and approach them uh, in a sta- in stage phases. It doesn't all have to be full revamp immediately. Look at Tala, who's done step-by-step, stand-by-stand. Uh, clubs need to reach out to their local councils and their public reps, such as councillors and TDs, as well as business representatives for help and advice. Look, we can all see the league has grown and it's going in one direction, and that offers opportunities to communities, to businesses, to local councils. And they need to be told that they should tap into this. They need to tap into this and get into it, get in on ground level. Like people are looking for an alternative to the likes of the Premier League, or else they're looking for football at home to complement their sport of teams in other leagues. Whatever the case is, more and more people are gravitating towards the league. And if clubs and Irish football want to grow, then we can't be turning these people away. Um, do I have a celebrity doppelganger? Probably something between Tom Hanks and Castaway and Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid and Harry Potter. If you took the worst of those two and put them together, that's probably what I look like. Um, what's pissed me off lately? Not to go full Damien Duff, but the standard of refereeing in the league this season has been poor. Um, I saw stats from journalist Andrew Conine who pointed out that the in the Premier Division this season there was 166 yellow cards and 8 red cards so far across the 34 games. That's 5.1 cards per game compared to 4.3 last year. And he had a comparison, uh, comparison highlighting that in the Premier League is three point seven cards per game. Like that's that's crazy stuff. Um, and improving the standard of refereeing needs to be a priority area, priority area for the FA in the league. If they really want to grow the game here, and if they really want to improve the standard of football, so that's the one thing that's grinding my gears at the moment. As they say, cheers, lads. But uh, so we didn't beat the Swedes. 2002, but we do have a robber success story in Europe because we played a fans tournament in Duisburg, Germany, 1997. Mick, you were the manager. I was the manager. And Jason, manager, actually. Jason, you were his right hand man. Who's the kit man? Tell us about that. Yeah, we hadn't got a kit man. <laughs> do you remember? Kit. There was two trips we went to Duisburg. Yeah, it was the first one. Do you remember? The first we went the first of you. I didn't go. There. It was the, just first one, the, the first one. The first one was very good. We, we had it through Dikey. Yeah, Dikey though. Right. Dikey had a mate because he's a bit of a. Germanophile, and uh, he had a mate. I don't know how he got to know him. Good guy, Pep, 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 Pep,
and it was it was kind of an area. You see, he had we got off we got off the plane. Irish national anthem. And they had the Irish national anthem. Red carpet. <laughs> 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 yeah, red carpet. Airport, red pa- red carpet. Where, and they played the Irish national anthem. There was kids asking. <laughs> kids asking people like me for autographs. No problem. That, right? Yeah, no problem. So you go. MC. We bummed a set of kit off for us. Pat Bourne actually gave us a, a kit. But we went over and, and played. And in typical, I mean, it, it was so typically German. They looked after us well. They brought us to a pub in Deer Garden, their pub, like, you know. And uh, we ate and we drank and we were locked. But at the end of it, like, he, he says, tournament starts at nine o'clock in the morning. So I went down, I had three players, I think. Yes. The second round, you remember you, you yeah, actually brought them late. You remember you told yeah, up that you yeah, have a going yeah. while he slept it out. Yeah. It is my shame. shame. It, it is, is my shame. shame. <laughs> it is my shame. <laughs> but the first match kicked off at nine. We didn't do too well in that competition. But with the second Who's one. Your, who was your player to turn with? Baldy. Baldy Bourne. Baldy Bourne. Baldy was great. They had a big fella. They put a marker on him. When I say a marker, this guy was salty because he scored a few goals early early in the competition and they were watching him. I am out everywhere. Jackson, I'm in everywhere. Exactly. There's a boy. I remember Baldy threw his arms up. He says, Is he playing coming out with some nice I always remember one over near the sideline where people were standing along the line, like, you know. And it was kind of. Cinder type pitch, wasn't it? You know, was this a, yeah, was this an 11? How many seven or so? Uh, seven, it was seven. Just give us the start, give us a starting line up there. Oh, Can you remember? Uh, in goal, Dikey, Dikey, but the Mark, first Mark, time Mark Bat was sore, but then when the second, then uh, uh, the collaboration, the second time we did, James, James Nolan, board member, second James time, Nolan? James yeah. Nolan, yeah, Leighton Doyle. Leighton Doyle. I wasn't playing the second right, time. Right, I was yeah. just strictly. But the second was the time we got to the final, so yeah, yeah, no, I led from the side. But the Lord Mayor came out and us. But I have a phone That's why it was a photograph. The they gave us a plaque and all. The Lord Mayor, yeah, it was a big Mark. deal. Yeah. We were the only, like, there was teams there from St. Pauli. There was Boy Munich. There was Eintracht Frankfurt. There was Munch and Gladbach. All fans. They're all, all fans. 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 Yeah, it was lovey-dovey. Like, everybody yeah. loved each other now. There was no hint of... Wasn't there a slight link with St. Pauli with Rovers before? Or no, a link with Dugard. With Dewsburg. Sorry, with Dewsburg. I've been back to Dewsburg a few times since that. We've just doing football to Super We've been back, found that pub. I found you, man, Peter, man, Peter with the bunchy. Yeah, ended up staying in his gaff again. We went back to We stayed, we stayed. Wouldn't be like you had to find random gaffs in European cities. Watch Celtic matches. Remember we let the board out of the cage? Oh, we let the board what was it? Yeah, man, a lovely fella. And we were staying in his apartment. Like, they moved out of their apartments. They moved in together and gave us apartments to stay in. Yeah, they were really nice people, right? That's okay. Good. Your man had a lovely budgie, you know. That's all we were talking about. Ray Davis played. Yeah, Ray so Ray Davis, Davis there. Dilly. Dilly was there yeah, as Dilly, well, yeah. Dilly, the second time that meant got the budgie, got it out. We couldn't get it back in the cage. Who <laughs> <laughs> was, was trying to catch the budgie? Who was there? But then we remember we were in the semi-finals. When we thought we were knocked out, and then we got yeah, the yeah. team, we were fixing it against us. We, we all gone mad. The Germans we, had beaten us earlier. That yeah. German, who were they? They were very good, actually. And they beat us 3 or something. And then they got beaten. And we thought they threw it or something. Yeah, we, we thought they were threw They only needed to lose by a certain score or something. We were thinking, right. James, they're going to cheat us. We were all going mad. And we thought we were out of the tournament. Then we were back in. Then we were back in because they be, <laughs> they were beaten. And we had a better goal difference. I was hoping. And then it was all shake hands. And, and then, remember, it came to semi-finals. Yeah. We came to semi-finals. And I just, it was, it was about 20, 22 degrees, right? And all of a sudden, thunderstorms came in showers, right? And the other team... The other team wouldn't come out. They wouldn't play. They wouldn't we, play. We're taking off the pitch because it was that well. The lads were taking off because it was that bad. And the other team wouldn't come back and out. We were on the so pitch. We got, to play. So we got a boy to the final, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the bang. I remember with Baldy, it was a huge bang. It was with this turn and When he hit his bang, boom, right? And then Baldy turned down and says, That sounds like that's a barracks. He says, we're, we're in trouble. They're never going to believe there's five or fat Irish fuckers over here for a football tournament. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're training well, exercise. Baldy got the uh, player of the tournament. He got the player of the tournament. Overall? Aye, aye. Does he still go to games? Does he roll? Aye, yeah, you know. You know, he was so much cool to you, but you know, we stand on the. And most of the guys who went still go to games, yeah? Oh, yeah, Gary yeah, Thornton, yeah, Ed Leahy, yeah. Ray Whelan, yeah. all James Nolan. Ray was there, wasn't Ray he? Was there as well, Ray, yeah. Ray play. Ray, Ray, Ray played in the police office. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got, got wrong with you, wrong with your him and Ed Leahy. They're yeah, taking yeah. out a nightclub, some go in and point them out. And they tell you, sorry, the mug shots and all, yeah, we had to stop the shots, yeah. In the chairman's cell. But we just on the phone, we got to the phone, and I think it was a team. Two nil, but it was like a... They were like a collaboration of like YTS, a U-team players from the area. The his nephew, but remember we, we got we were getting beat 2 0 and I the fans the fans in the time was called a German fans I used to read it was English but it was about German football and it was called Elf Meter. Yeah. And that's the German oh, word for yeah, penalty. Yeah. Right, because eleven meters. German for what? Penalty. Yeah. Remember we got the thing late in your mouth was like I'm looking up the line just showing elf only German. Elf meter, elf meter. And your head gave us a penalty. It's the only word I knew in German because it's fancy in the middle. I mean we the ball, they missed the middle. They were the most nice people. Oh yeah, they were hard to be nice to resurrect that. Oh we're treated like royalty over there. Unbelievable, unbelievably good, yeah. You just heard from Tutty, Cav O'Neill, Noli TK and Woolly. So Tutty, real club man. Um, he he turn up every every time marking the pitch. Him and Ao Prendergast, Neil Prendergast, Joe Prendergast, Colin Prendergast, Aaron Prendergast, all the Prendergast. That's a lot of Prendergast. Um, it yeah, Cavo Cavo he was said it. in the in work, isn't he at DMC? Yeah, yeah he said he is. He's your union rep prop. If you never if you ever need a good man to represent you, uh, we had Cavo center mid in there breaking things up with Hefo, who we couldn't get a hold <laughs> of with Neil, who was the gaffer, of course. Never forgave Neil for. Do you remember? I don't think it's appropriate to call it what it what it was called then. But there was these things called suicides in training, and I signed up to play football. I was like, I'm not training. And then we'd be training Tuesday and Thursday, and there's a circle with a cone in the middle, and you have to run in and out of it about twenty times up and down. And I was like, Why are we doing this? We just want a game of ball on a Saturday. Like, <laughs> none of us are gonna be fit. Half of <laughs> us are gonna be hung over. Let's stop this training. Ca- carry on, like. So, um, yeah. and we know as well, Noli. Noli was a character. Noli literally played everywhere for us. He was the hero, um, and he he just it was brilliant. I I can't say how good it was. Like it was no. it was such good times playing for Glenmalor. It was the crack. Noli, aka Crouchy, uh, Gary Neville hybrid. Yeah. Uh, said you forgot to mention his mate Paddy McGrath. So we want to give him a shout out there. He didn't say him in, in the voice now. Also, I, love... I just want to say that the my one and only ever goal, absolute cracker. Against Dundrum, Dundrum Mental Hospital. <laughs> so I'm gonna. Just, you need to put that in your CV. That's that's on my a, Twitter bio. Scored a cracker against Dundrum Mental it's Hospital. It's a good header. I place it in the corner. So you're like Richie Sadlier with the thing. The bar comes across. <laughs> yeah. Gary Parsons scored against Dundrum yeah. Mental Hospital. Um, I love yeah. Naughty's story as well. The the elf with the walking stick. Uh, that trip, was Neil Prendergast's dad, Joe. I was trying to get this story out of Neil the other day, and I was like, surely you remember it. He was tr- He was nearly. Tr- I think he skinned Tutty, and he was going through. I was chasing him, and I just seen him clip, and there was mayhem. I was like, "What? What happened?" He's like, "Fucking Joe's after tackling him." And Joe is one of the characters of Rovers. He's he's brilliant. First person I ever went to an Damn early man. house with actually down a restaurant royale just <laughs> off of uh, George Street. That made me laugh out loud at work. The, oh, the, the walking sticks. It, um, was, it was so funny. Pat Tutty. It's Gar. It's the year twenty twenty three. It's weird, isn't it? Pat Tohey just appeared 
on tales from the east end has hell frozen over I think and I think the fatherhood has changed him you know it's come a little bit soft so many robbers babies Um, (laughs) my only regret Gare is that we didn't call this segment instead of what's pissing you off what grinds my gears Yeah. why didn't we phrase it like that and funny enough, Woody said that said that phrase. We used to say "grind my gears," didn't we? And then we had yeah. Peter Griffin on it. We had our own segment, and all. What grinds my gears? Uh, Woody apologizes for the scratching sound at the start of his recording. He says the beard was rubbing off the microphone on his headphones. I don't know what was going on there. I was like, Prof is going to have a fucking aneurysm here. You thought he was playing an instrument? Yeah, I was thinking uh, he's playing a little banjo here. I love how he used the phrase as well, tackling with his head. Yeah, if he had two heads for feet, he'd be brilliant. <laughs> that was like a joke with us. Me and Gary used to play uh, Pro mo- Pro Evo on the PlayStation. It worked. And you'd slide in and you'd tackle with your head. And funny enough, Dylan Watts did that at a game a few weeks ago. <laughs> he actually slid and won the ball on the ground little, with his nudge, head. Yeah. And I, I laughed out loud. Uh, big shout out to the bear. I know we give the young bear a bit of stick, but uh, he's all heart and... He's a good, good kid. Uh, he's one of the most loved people at Rovers and Woolly paid testament to him there. So that 120 yeah. minutes will live on in folklore. Woolly, a big fan of, of the bear. Uh, Tommy Keddy felt that the lookalike question was a stitch-up. But <laughs> no, we asked it last time with the yeah, women. It's yeah, not yeah. a stitch-up. Um, he is Tom, He is Sean Dyche. I have a question, though, for Neil and Tommy. Uh, Neil, a.k.a. Harry Hill. <laughs> Uh, which south stand in Denny Mount Park are you talking about for that goal and Tommy Keddy uh, Berkey's goal against Bodislav I'd love to know which end of Denny Mount Park Berkey hit that goal into was it the tramway end uh, yeah. let us know uh, please and thanks actually that's the first time I ever met Tommy Keddy do you remember he was only back from his holidays and he um, he started talking to us and I was, I was nudging you. I was like, who the fuck is this weirdo? Like, but your man, who's your man talking to us? Was it the first? I'm thought, nearly sure. It could have been. Because I remember time. we possibly nearly missed it looking for an emoji. <laughs> looking for a book emoji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping to take that one to the grave. But uh, uh, and, uh, I saw it go in. We, I, saw, we saw it get struck. I but, saw um, it, yeah. I just yeah, didn't no. see the exact second. I'm sure that's the first time it, it left his boot. Uh, so great stuff from the lads. Brilliant. And um, it's... Once again, big shout out to Glen Malore who are doing everything they can. Buy their tickets, do everything you can to support them. Go down to the den on a Saturday and a couple of points in the cherry tree afterwards. And our final bit on part one of the hotline uh, from this era. So next week we're going to talk about uh, the team from the early noughties and the guys during the four in a row era. Remember we had yeah. Robbie Murphy on. Remember he got a game. Just an, even, even just thinking back to playing for Glenmore, like a big shout out to Ao Prendergast as well. Ao is one of the, the funniest people you could ever imagine. Still goes to Rovers, him and Colum, they're all related. But Ao Prendergast just get up, mark the pitch, do it all, encourage it. He was brilliant. Um, we obviously have one of our colleagues, Ross Teed, who got enough praise, who I probably did want to edit that out because my God, he'll never shut up about it. But he was a super player up front, did all the running. All the scoring, everything. Um, it, Joe Lumumba was another one as well. Another fella played in the centre. It was brilliant. We could talk about it all night. Did Ross ever try and play at a higher level? I don't know, but he was too good for that league. He was too good for that league. Brian Black was another good player as well. Um, listen, it was just great. It was good times. And finally, Gare, since Pat he made his 50s debut at long last, 
He has been at me for years about this. He has been at me to do a Where Are They Now for the keeps, Robbers. Yeah, keep voice me about this. The Robbers Thomastown Leinster Senior Cup die from 2017. Knowing full well that I probably won't have a goddamn clue where half these players are now. But I actually tried. And I asked Robert Goggins, I said, are any of these players still playing now? Aside from the obvious ones, because Aaron Bolger and Gary Shaw started the match. And now Gary is with Luke and now uh, Aaron Bolger is with Cork. Right. Gavin Bazunu and Dean Williams were on the bench. We know where they are now. But the other ones, I said, Robert, are any of these guys around? And he says, he says they've all drifted away, probably playing intermediate football or ga in some instances. So he oh. doesn't know if anyone is around the league. So I'll just run through them quickly. The goalkeeper, Luca Gratzer. Remember him? Was most recently with Cabin Teeley right. in 2021. Kean Collins was briefly at Waterford. So nearly all these players are 23-24 now. Uh, Connor Gleeson, don't know. Derek Gibbons was with Bray until 2020. Uh, recently signed for Maynooth University. I don't know if okay. he's still there Dude now. flying in the Leicester Senior League. Yeah. Sean Cadden uh, was with Bray for a couple of years. I think he's gone now. Shane Stokes went at Lone briefly. Adam Doyle went to Tulka Rovers. I don't know if he's still there. Harry Cornelli uh, at Lone 2021. And up front, Dean Dillon went to the States and then he went to some massive club in Gibraltar. Last I heard. Yeah. His whereabouts now, I couldn't tell you. Then on the bench, you got Luke Rossiter, went to Drogheda briefly. Richie English, don't know. Playing guy or something. Kenny Cunningham went to Cahir Park. I think he might be from Tip. Uh, that neck of the woods, Dibbury. I think he went back there. And Erica Boulou. Went to Longford, then Buddy Mun, then Bluebell. Is he still Bluebell? I don't know. Bluebell have that much of a turnover. I don't know anymore. And finally, Connor Fitzharris. Don't know where he is. Yeah. So there you go, Tutty. You're a happy man. Please stop tweeting me about that match now. <laughs> I, I did it. I tried. Right, so Prof. <sighs> Tough one. Our starting 11s and predictions. Right, um, I'm still scribbling, I'm still... Like, it's hard. Can we just skip this part? Manus obviously starts. Pico clearly hard, right? I want Pico to play, but it's harsh on Grace. It's so harsh on Grace. Do you drop Pico for the derby? Um, I thought Cleary played very well and his cross was unbelievable, but I actually would play Grace ahead of him. Oh, you're going to play Grace ahead of Cleary? I am. Oh, I thought he was excellent in that last game. I can't drop him. He's one up there, man. The match. I'm gonna go Pico Cleary. Hor, sorry, Lee. Oh, uh, I'm playing Skip. Skipper's playing. Ooh, Finner on the right. I think he'll come out the bench a couple of times before he starts, though. And I'm gonna play Fruja on the left. I think it could be too soon for a dude to skip. But then again, I don't want to put Cabo on the left. Cabo played well, so does he deserve to start? Right, I'm gonna change it. Fruja on the right, Cabo on the left. They can't change the team. I can't. How can you change the team that was falling away to Oriel? Gary O'Neill tell in the middle. Jack Gaff and Kenny. Although just, I will say, is it is it the right time for Kenny? Could there be a better time for him to play balls in a derby? Two goals, one in the in, under twenty ones, one against Dundalk away. After a big win, there's probably no better time to play him. 
in the Dublin Derby. People might say he's a little bit soft or soft spoken and green as your man. When when else can you play on the he's on the top of his game possibly now. I know what you're saying, yeah, but Berkey is, is like a he can be a match winner in, in games like this. So I'm tempted to try and get Berkey in my eleven. But dropping him for the big I have we have to be ruthless here, prof. I'm gonna make two changes. I'm gonna bring in Pigo and Burke. Yeah, I'm bringing Pico and Burke. Yep. So you're gonna drop Cleary. You're gonna put in Pico. You're gonna put in Burke ahead of Kenny. Yep. I'm just thinking of off the bench with Burke possibly being able. Oh man, this is tough. <sighs> Jack Gaff. Kenny. No, I'm gonna go Burke. I'm gonna go Burke. I've convinced you. Then we're going to drop. Right. Okay, so that's it. I'm, you're, you're not, you're not going to predict, so I'm going to predict. I'm going to go 2-1. Hotly contested. Two red cards. And a bored out mini Dublin bus. <laughs> uh, UCD, Easter Monday. Tonk, 4-0. I'm going to say 3-0. Yeah, I'm going to say Tonk. So confirm TV and our and player coverage, prop. So our, uh, we've loads, loads going on. Shamrock Rovers versus Shelbourne. 14 of April, quarter eight kickoff. We have Shelbourne versus Dundalk, uh, quarter eight kickoff, 24th of April. Derry and Rovers on the telly on the 1st of May and the Monday. That's May Day, the bank May holiday, Day, Monday yeah. banker. We'll, we'll be running the bus. Please give us your interest. And Shamrock Rovers and Bowles on the 5th of May, 2023 at 7.45. So three more Rovers games on our team in the coming weeks. Prof, your favourite. So we're playing Bowles again in a month's time. Yep. It's nuts. Um, yeah. Bowes game will be televised on Virgin Media tomorrow so uh, Virgin Media my old pals prop hopefully it's a trial run I'm guessing your see employers how they, see how they go um, uh, the first they, league they, game ever to be shown on the channel I'm hoping it goes well I'm hoping they get the screen right I'm hoping they get the crests right the co-coms everything hmm. I'm, I'm not sure how much is going to benefit them but it's good that they're taking a chance on it it's interesting um, they, they use the words one off they did show our game of Flora last year but it's the first league game um, but this is absolutely guaranteed to be a rubbish match now because we've had three crackers in Tata Cork, Pats, Derry no cameras in sight mm. nobody saw those games except people in the ground and people watching five minute highlights this game is on version it's guaranteed to be a stinker <laughs> that's, how, that's how it goes Gar. So, so t- tickets on Friday, Gary. Rare as rocking horse shit. Rare as fucking rocking horse shit. Or uh, <laughs> we have a lot of natisms. But that's the thing. There's been scandal in the camp, Prof. There's been scandal about the uh, distribution of tickets. And. Um, but it's literally members only. We, li- we, literally we members only. But some joke, members have but gotten their hands. Some non members have gotten their hands on them. Ooh. We'll have to investigate. Uh, when we were buying them online. Um, it was 19 quid which I haven't heard anybody say it in the bill and as Jake says uh, we put up tickets 20 euro Don Joe Duffy they charged 19 quid into that stand <laughs> nobody says anything yeah, 19 uh, is an odd number I'm guessing 2 17 they're charging 17 and then 2 for the handling charge probably I think other clubs are waiting for us to raise those tickets and they were delighted that we did it and we took all the heave at that time. Oh yeah, they were like, uh, oh, well, they were just pretty much waiting going, have Rovers done it yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Uh, staff says, looking forward to actually being able to watch a game in Daily Mount for the first time in over 10 years. <sighs> I hate that view behind the ground. I'm not, like, I don't mind the elevated one. 
I'm really, really looking forward to watching this from this stand. I genuinely am. Um, yeah, so we've this is a Good Friday. We've won all five Good Friday games since 2017. Credit to Harry Moore for that stat. Harry with the stats. Harry with the stats. So off we go to the air-polluted Fillsborough in the new stand gear, which could be worse. Could be held in a cage in Bosnia. Yeah. Uh, the whack wants us to sing Oh the bow's room is bare For a good solid Hour <laughs> He wants this song And he wants us to go down low And then bring it back up again <laughs> Oh I think he's gonna have the, the What's yeah. the stick called That the conductor has There you go Now I need to know this What's the stick The conductor stick I'm holding the pen <laughs> So whack is gonna be doing that This should be a quiz question Whatever it's called time. Yeah it's a good one actually But we've sped it up on the bus so we were we had so we were banging the walls it was, mm-hmm. so it was like oh the bow's room is bare oh 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 there's no silverware there it sped <laughs> up and it was sounded the biz on the bus didn't it yeah we it, was, it was dead so we'll all be off for a drink pre-match uh, somewhere in town or maybe the hut or I'm sure the person who sent Dan Lambert the basket of muffins or whatever he'll probably be in the Danny Mill bar drinking gin playing board games so I uh, looked to him. So <laughs> the uh, the hut is barred, prof. We're not going to hunt anymore. It's too many hipsters. Too many hipsters all around for Daddy Mel. Too many human bodies. They've taken it's over. Hard, yeah, hard to get in there. So listen, we're going to be having a point. We're going to be getting in early, bit of grub. So that's how it's going to work, prof. I'm looking forward. To it. I'm buzzing. Starting to get a little sicky feeling in my stomach now as well. So we're going to be crossing to Mordor. It's going to be. An epic Dublin derby, prof. First one with a side-on view in a while. I'm buzzing for Daily Mount. I can't wait. Tickets are like gold dust. If you get any and you want to get rid of it, let us know. We'll get it to a good home. Yeah, so uh, that is it for this week. Anyway, and here is to the burnt-out mini Dublin bus, prof. That'll end up in the Connick Street end. So that's it for this week. And keep on hooping. See you.